You're listening to The Next Dimension. Dragon Ball Z presents Battle in the Red Zone, Monkey in the Moon, and the Decisive Battle at Last. 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 Hello, welcome to the Next Dimension Dragon Ball Z podcast. My name is Jesse Garrett, and I'm here with my co-host Donovan Morgan Grant. Hiya, hiya, hiya! Yes, we are back to finish off the Saiyan Saga. Um, <laughs> once a month, a podcast. We always, you know, want to see how everybody's doing. So, uh, how you doing, Jesse? You ready to get it, get to this? Oh yes, I'm enjoying my weekend off, and this is hopefully going to be a good start to it. I'm excited. I'm I've watched a lot of good episodes, so here yes, we go. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's always fun to start off the weekend with some violence. <laughs> really gets me pumped. It's my philosophy in life. Um, but before we get into all that, of course, we got to hit up uh, our lovely feedback from our lovely listeners. Um, yeah, hooray for alliteration. This month, we have three emails. Uh, thank you very much for emailing in. Before we get into the synopsis, we'll hit these up, and I'll start off and just... Hit back up to Jesse after each email. So starting off tonight with the feedback, we uh, have a returning email from our old friend Daniel Yarbrough. Uh, subject lined, I can't help it, I'm wordy. <laughs> In regards to his uh, length of his emails, that's cool. Daniel starts off, Donovan and Jesse. Let me start by thanking you guys for reading my emails. I was a bit nervous about writing to you and what response my emails would receive, but I thank you both for being so welcoming and appreciative in receiving my long-winded fanboyish feedback. I am sorry that it took up over 20 minutes of your show, but I'm glad I could add so much discussion. I'll try to trim back and restrain myself from writing too much in the future, but I, I can make no promises. Of course, you certainly have my permission to omit or edit anything out I write when using your show. Don't worry. That's anything negative. <laughs> yeah, say you hate our show again, and you'll never, we'll never hear from you on the on the show. That's your one and only warning, y'all, bro. <laughs> now that I know that the changing music will be a part of this show's format, I look forward to hearing what music you'll select from it. For it, with all the various opening, closing, and background music and insert songs in both English and Japanese, I doubt that you'll run out of a selection anytime soon. Not to mention fan creations like the hilarious opening for episode three. How did Jesse like that when he got to hear it? It was great. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I didn't ask you about that. What did you? What did you? What did no, you think I didn't. I didn't think about it. It was like a complete surprise. <laughs> I was like, huh? 
<laughs> I kind of wanted to, um, because the episode was the one we were going to cover that uh, over 9,000 thing, I kind of wanted to, like, not, I didn't want to make the whole episode about it, but I kind of wanted to give it the sort of, like, internet meme status that it's, that it's acclaimed, so I thought the opening and the closing might have been a, a fun way to do it. Okay, you caught me, Donovan. Yu Yu Hakusho was the series I was primarily thinking of in reference to other anime and manga, manga series with a similar view of the afterlife. Though I have at least seen similar uses of ogre demons in other series, but I have no idea what titles they were. And Jesse, you should definitely check out Yu Yu Hakusho. If you like Dragon Ball Z, you'll probably enjoy it as well. And, and I, I, I co-sign on that. Yu Yu Hakusho is uh, right up there with DBZ as one of my favorite anime. Okay, uh, that's two recommendations. I get three, I'm watching it. <laughs> you hear that Jason who's probably not listening <laughs> uh, me personally I can still see Tien as a human even with the Triclops thing I looked at it more as his great 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 whatever was an alien so Tien would still be a human with just recessive genes but that's just my take on it and I can certainly see why you cho- choose to ignore it it's especially weird that the Dyson shoe takes time to try to explain that but not Chaozu's appearance or, or Krillin's lack of a nose <laughs> But that's not to sell those books short, as they are awesome reference material covering every single character to appear in the anime and manga, as well as every fight, story arc, and location in every chapter, episode, and movie of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. If only the damn things weren't in Japanese. Get on translating, translating it, Viz. Um, yeah, I, I, I've never... That's all, the Dyson Shoes stuff that like is, is Japanese only, I've never seen it uh, in, at my bookstore, so... It would be interesting to see those kinds of things. Like, I mean, I know there's like art books. The art book, uh, I mentioned, I, I paid reference, for, uh, or I made a reference to it last episode that the, one of the art books was sent over here to America, which I which I do own. But uh, the Dyson shoe, if they're perpetuating lies like that TN <laughs> Triclops thing, then I don't want anything to do with it. But it, it still could be fun. Um, <laughs> So I'm listening to your synopsis and trying hard not to constantly think of all the gags from Team's Four Stars, Dragon Ball Z abridged episodes of the fight. And what do you do? But you slip a sound clip of theirs right in the middle of it. <laughs> I don't know if I should thank you or curse you for that. But since I laughed, I'll say thanks. Uh, again, what, what, did you, what did you think about this, Jesse? I enjoyed it. I'd only seen a couple um, episodes of it, of, you know, the abridged. Mm. But I, I, I got what it was. And if, if I... If we can have as much fun with it by adding that in and everybody's appreciated, I'd say we did good. Yeah. Um, I actually try to incorporate all the versions of Dragon Ball Z in the episodes. Not not every single time I, I seek to do that, but it, whatever I feel either sells the moment of, of whatever scene it is or is just entertaining in general. Um, if you notice by now, I, I use a lot of Kai and I use a lot of uh, the remastered version uh, for various reasons. I think I think Kai does get a lot of the moments pretty serious when they can be. Um, you can also tell about you know if they, the characters swear, then that's Kai. But also, <laughs> uh, like in this episode, you'll specifically hear a very famous uh, uh, scene that's specifically from the original Ocean Dub anime. So uh, yeah, if I I mean hopefully hopefully Team Four Star won't sue me because I have no money, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jesse, and I'm glad people are enjoying it as well. Daniel continues, because <laughs> it's, it's Daniel, it's a long one. You guys did a really great job of covering this part of the battle with the Saiyans. Thank you. It's really easy to overlook, given how things evolved in the series, just how horribly brutal this fight is. I can imagine how traumatizing it would have been for the original fans to see all these characters as they've been watching for years being killed off one by one. 
there really is a sense that there could be no coming back from these characters. As you guys joked, it is a massacre, and you did an excellent job of expressing the importance of all these characters in their final moments. From my own point of view, I have to admit that when I first saw these episodes, the deaths of Yamcha, Tian, and Chaozu did not register with me at all. You simply did not see enough of them, especially in the original dub cut, to get a sense of who the characters were and that you should care about them and their deaths. But I'll admit, another part of my apathy on first viewing these deaths may have come from the way I saw them. It took me a few weeks of irregular viewing to catch every episode of the first two seasons, so by the time I saw some of their deaths, I probably already knew about them or what happens afterward, and that probably took some of the sting out of it. I'll admit I did fall for the line of Tien being able to grow back his arm. Awesome. We saw the green guy do it, so why wouldn't the, the dude with three eyes be able to? Exactly! Despite the fact that he's human and humans can't regrow arms. Though Tien once used a move that literally grew two extra arms out of his body, uh, see Dragon Ball, you would, need, you would think that this would have been a good time for him to use that move again, but I guess it can be excused with, you know, his lack of blood and needing to, his energy to stay alive and fight. When I first saw the series, I always thought his tri-beam was something he came up with during the Cell Saga. Imagine my surprise when I saw it used all the way back in Dragon Ball, but I still don't even realize that's what he was doing. What he was doing was in one-armed version of it here. So you guys are even teaching an old fan new facts. With all the main bad guys that come later in the series, it's easy to forget what a monster Nappa is. Really, he kills more characters in, in a single battle than any other bad guys in the series, not counting those who just blow, it, blow everyone up without a real fight. Personally, I always thought he looked more like the wrestler Goldberg, especially when he loses his armor. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, back when I was, you know, a young a young kid or a young teenager, there was there was a I want I want to say the company's name right, Pojo, I think it was like a card company. When anime was getting really popular, and you had like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, and DBZ, they would make like these magazines. And in the Dragon Ball Z one, there was this one thing where they they casted characters to play. Uh, DBZ characters. I think Goldberg was Nappa. <laughs> um, so he's not alone in thinking that. I mean, there, other, there were other ones that, you know, was ignored during the the Dragon Ball Evolution movie, which we'll never mention again. But, uh, yeah, Goldberg, definitely. While the human Z Fighters' deaths didn't faze me when I first saw them, Piccolo's sacrifice sure did. Of course it has to, of course it has to since we spent all this time with him during the training story and even into the fight. I love that bit of him teaching Gohan how to follow the fight movements, too on building the relationship of Piccolo and Gohan and seeing Piccolo's character growth. His sacrifice for Gohan is the payoff, and it is definitely one of Dragon Ball Z's most iconic moments. When Goku starts beating Nappa in everyone's name, I always just assumed Piccolo's name was last because he was the last one to die. I liked your guys' take on it much better. You two had a really good and informative discussion on the manga production and the post-Dragon Ball works of Akira Toriyama. It definitely brings a new light on how some of the series may or may not have come about. The only note I'd really have on it to add is that Akira Toriyama also had a hand in designing and supervising the Dragon Ball Online game, and it definitely helps that that game look and feel like a real continuation of the series, at least from what I've seen of it. Have you heard of Dragon Ball Online? No. What is it? It's a Japanese RPG that came out, I think, I'm thinking about maybe two or three years ago. And I, I did hear about it, but because it's, it's, it's not been over here in Japan, unlike the other Dragon Ball Z games where Kira Toriyama legitimately came in and designed much of the characters. I think it's like a thousand years in the future of Dragon Ball Z. None of the original characters are there, but there's like a lot of, bunch of descendants. So you have like a lot of uh, Saiyan and Namekian uh, and uh, Majin hybrids of characters. They can fly around and shoot energy blasts and stuff. It looks really fun, legitimately. And because hmm. because Toriyama designed them, there is, there is a, a sense that, you know, this is... 
Like this is it? something. Yeah, yeah, it's something worthwhile as opposed to something toy toy animation did. But yeah, that is true. Tor- Toriyama did design that mainly because he's probably a game designer mainly now. But uh, that, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hopefully, it will come over to the states. I'll wrap it up with just one other note. My, by my count, there will be five more bad guys who turn good in the series, but none of the other four has the impact as the one Donovan hit too. Okay, that's all the rambling I have for you guys this time. Keep up the great work on the show, guys, and I'm looking forward to hearing the next one. Now bring on the main event. Sincerely, Daniel Yarbrough. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thanks, Dan. You will I don't know if you like being called Dan. <laughs> Dan, Danny. <laughs> all right, our second email is from Steve Rogers. It says, hey, Don and Jesse. First, love the pod. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Second, wanted to touch upon the deaths of major characters early on in the Saiyan saga. Now, this will show my age, and my God, I'm going to bring up a property that is almost 30 years old now, but I couldn't help but be reminded of the animated Transformers movie. You know, the, the good Transformers movie? The, the, the non-Michael Bay one. <laughs> Granted, the deaths of the G1 characters were prompted by the toy company getting prepared for the new toys, and several characters would pop up again in the cartoon... But still, you were seeing familiar characters fall left and right, including big guns like Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Starscream. You rarely see that in serialized fiction aimed at young audiences, unless, as I said, it's part of a marketing campaign. Maybe it's more commonplace in anime, but as far as I can remember, Transformers was really the only one that did it. Anyway, just wanted to get that point in. Loving the show so far, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Um, What do you think about that, Jesse? Do you think that... uh I'll say it again, the massacre that was in our previous coverage compares to uh, the animated Transformers. Have you seen the animated Transformers movie? Oh, yes. I have it on, uh, have it on DVD. Still, still holds up. Still a great movie. Uh, but I think he does bring up a good point. You don't see that much death, really. Uh, I, haven't, I can't think of a show that has that much death in it from a Western you know, production company or Western, for, for mm-hmm. Western audiences. Right. And typically... Uh, a lot of Western shows, until fairly recently, didn't have like a really tight continuity or tight cohesive uh, episodic formula, like in the eighties. Um, you know, a lot of you had you had like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff, which wasn't wasn't like the same type of storytelling that Dragon Ball was going after. Mm-hmm. And Transformers was much more episodic than that, or, or even like a GI Joe was. But even then, you, uh, you didn't have characters dying like that. Right. Yeah, I I see uh I see the comparison. I actually I was um uh I was a little young uh too young to actually see the the movie when it came out. I don't think I was born yet actually. But I actually kind of recently a couple years ago I did manage to watch it online. And um I didn't know about the the, the legacy that movie had. And I was actually kind of horrified for his audience at the time that the characters got so ruthlessly slaughtered in that movie. I really thought, like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they didn't just die; they killed a lot of them, uh, like, pretty violently. Yeah, like, like a lot of them, like, like, like a lot of them went out like, like Yamcha. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I have an older sister and older brother, and so I got a lot of the '80s kind of cultural hand-me-downs as far as like t- TV shows and stuff. I kind of just borrowed from them or saw, you know, through through what they had bought and owned. So I, I've seen a lot more of the TV than my age would like really allow. Like, you know, like I wasn't, I don't think I was alive when the Transformers movie came out, but I had a VHS right. copy of it by like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Um, yeah, I was more of a Beast Wars fan, actually. <laughs> Which is still Transformers. Oh, well, Beast Wars, yeah, Beast Wars is awesome. Beast Wars and Gargoyles are my two favorite shows, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, just, just to finish the point, yeah, definitely. I think, I think Steve makes a point that it is... Uh, again, going by the anime, which was different. In fact, I'll say I'll say it right now because I actually found this out. Uh, the reason why, because again, in the original comic book, it was just Dragon Ball all the way through. The, the people who produced the an- toy animation approached Kira Toriyama, saying that um, they wanted they wanted something to differentiate the previous Dragon Ball series with the the the, re- the you know the current uh, the then current Dragon Ball series. And Akira Toriyama just said, "Oh, call it Dragon Ball Z because uh, th- this is the end." Because he never knew when, when it was going to end. Um, so if you look at it from like you know the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, you don't you have all these characters, uh, and, and we talked about this at length last episode. But again, it's just these characters just die the crap out of each other. <laughs> um, uh, I actually think that the Transformers movie uh, slaughtered more characters than just three, but or four. But uh, still, I I think it is a, comp- a good comparison. Definitely, like especially with um, like you said, Western. Western types of uh, cartoons made for children. Yeah, and as far as, uh, you know, killing established characters. Right. Not just, you know, introduce somebody this this episode, they die the next episode. Like, no, these are people who have been around. And even if, you know, they, they may be new for someone who hasn't seen the original show, they do have a history with them. You know, you know certain viewers would definitely have a history with them. Definitely, definitely. Now, yes. did the, the original Dragon Ball show, it was a different production company than uh, the people who created Z? No, um, uh, it was done by Toy Animation. Um, it was the same company, but for the anime, they wanted to like, uh, I, like by that time, at the very end of Dragon Ball, Goku is like, you know, on the precipice of. I mean, he's 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 off to get married. He's clearly an adult. In fact, there's there, I read one I read somewhere, and I'm not sure if this is true. It might be that because Akira Toriyama kept on like we said, making and making and making the series. He said that he didn't want to continue it if he wasn't allowed to age Goku. So, because Goku, because Goku for the majority of Dragon Ball was a child, and in Dragon Ball Z he's he's obviously an adult and has a son. He said the the anime said okay we, uh, when we're ad- adapting your work we would like to, uh, something to differentiate it. So it was Akira Toriyama's idea to name the anime Dragon Ball Z, Z being the last letter in the alphabet, you know, for uh, to insinuate that it was the, the end of the series, even though the series is like twice the length of Dragon Ball. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it was it was the same. It was okay, the same so it's it's just used to differentiate the con- the the time periods in Goku's life are the the type. Yeah, okay, R- right. Like um, like in the, in the manga, it's literally like, it's it's like five years later than Raditz comes, whereas in the anime, it starts off five years after the events of Dragon Ball. See Dragon Ball. Hmm. It would be okay. It would be kind of like let's let's say someone made a cartoon of Spider Man that directly takes the original comic books and their plots. Um, let's say, uh, he goes from, he goes all the way to issue 28 where he, where he graduates high school and, or let's say, or let's say like the, 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 um, the Steve Dicko era all the way to issue like 38 where he, it's the Steve Dicko era to, um, to illustrate the cartoon's difference in, um, the, the changes between artists, they would say, okay, Spider-Man Z or whatever. And then it's like a John, the John Romita stories or whatever. Hmm, okay. That makes sense. So you related to Spider-Man. I got it. <laughs> uh, sh- shout out to Spidey. <laughs> um, thank you, Steve. Uh, we have one last email from Logan Sobel or Sobel. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Logan gives us a, it's kind of short. He does address ask a question, but just for the sake of spoilers for my co-host, 
I'm not going to present it until a little later on. Actually, a lot later on. But uh, we will come back to this, just not right now. Logan does say, Hey guys, I am a new fan, and as I'm typing this, I am listening to your third episode. But I wanted to say right now that I love the show, and I have to say that if you two have any questions on Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, I will be happy to answer any questions you have. So, th- thank you, thank you, Logan. Glad you're digging the episode. Uh, episode three, I'm glad you're digging our show. And uh, hopefully you're listening to this right now and understand, uh, while this show won't be 100% spoiler uh, cautious because obviously there are things that are obvious in this series, you know, Goku becomes a Super Saiyan, spoilers. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um, I mean, I mean, we... There are certain things I'm not I'm not 100 sure what all Jesse's seen or not seen. So I'll just I'll just kind of Jesse isn't even sure what Jesse has or had not seen. <laughs> so there, like I won't I won't say which characters die or which characters don't die. I won't say. Um, I mean he, he may know he may know about uh, Majin Buu, but he may not know what happens to Majin Buu. So, uh, and that's that's that, that's out to all our emailers. I mean even if you know uh, what happens like I do, just try to be try to be conscious of not only Jesse but some of the other listeners who may not know. Um, and uh, if you if you co- want to comment on stuff we've already covered, just please do like like Daniel because Daniel's covered what we've already gone through, so it's a little easier to have discussions since then. Yeah, just don't like title your email. Krillin becomes evil. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, I won't even say whether that happens or not. Uh. It could. You never know. Uh, I will spoil this. Vegeta's widow's peak gets even more awesome. Well, Vegeta gets even more awesome, as our coverage goes. But uh, thank you, Logan. Thank you, to, thank you all, the, all you guys, Logan, Daniel, Steve. If you guys, if you guys are listening out there and you are, have yet to email him, find us at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. And um, if you don't want to have your email read out, you can either comment on, uh, comment on the Lipson page at uh, dbznextdimension.lipson.com or please, please, please join the Facebook page. Uh, just just go to Facebook and uh, type in the next dimension Dragon Ball Z podcast. Uh, it's it's it doesn't nearly the people who like our our show don't nearly represent uh, the numbers we're getting uh, because we're we're getting really good numbers and um, and there, there's some fun stuff there. I do I do provide some extra content, i.e. stealing videos from YouTube and, and posting them there. Uh, but uh, thank you to all those who emailed in. If if not, please email in in the future. Your insolence just cost you this world! I'll blow it all to pieces and there's nothing you can do to stop me! He's gonna what? Try to dodge this if you can! You might manage to save yourself, but your precious earth is doomed! He's got me! What can I do? I gotta risk it!
without further ado, Jesse will start us off with the Saiyan Saga. And um, where did we leave off exactly in our last episode, Jesse? We left off with Nappa getting his butt handed to him by Goku. Score. Awesome. <clears throat> Vegeta decides to handle Goku himself, while Nappa decides he's going to go after Gohan and Krillin. Goku's not going to let this go, but can't seem to match, it, match Nappa's speed. Until he goes Kaioken, turns all bright red, and shoots down past him, hitting him in the abs and knocking him straight to the ground. Oh, yes. After thoroughly getting whooped by Goku, Nappa lands at Vegeta's feet. And rather than help his Saiyan partner, Vegeta grabs him by the arm, tosses him in the air, and obliterates him with a blast, shocking everyone. <laughs> I love that. I, was kind of, I kind of felt sad that Vegeta was the one to do him in, because you wanted to have that, that oomph from Goku doing it, but... <sighs> Alas. Krillin <laughs> tells Goku to take the battle elsewhere, away from his friend's body, and hints that there may be a way to resurrect them. Before departing, Goku tells Krillin and Gohan to leave the fight to him, as they can only get in his way. Arguing, they eventually decide that he is correct, and go off to Kame House. Shortly after, Vegeta and Goku arrive in an area free of any possible casualties, and quickly begin fighting. Vegeta gains the upper hand, until Goku uses the Kaioken technique... He learned from King Kai and channels his Kai into two times his normal power level. Is it two times or does he, eventually, does he go straight to three times? Uh, at first he tries uh, Kaioken, then the Vegeta is stronger, then he tries Kaioken times two, and then he gets hit by that blast. And then like he starts beating on him when he's doing Kaioken times three. Okay, that's okay. okay so, yeah. so Kaioken times three eventually gives him the upper hand on Vegeta. And uh, what's Vegeta's attack he does? Because... He, it's the, <laughs> he gets. It, it, it sounds funny. He gets. He gets pissed and like says he'll kill them. He'll blow the planet with his uh, uh his Gallic gun. Ga okay, that's okay, okay, okay. So they're basically having a blast off. Goku's Kamehameha versus his Gallic gun. Yes. <laughs> and which is it's had a standstill up until Goku goes Kaioken times four. Now King Kai only recommended going two times his normal. Uh, power level, as it puts mm -hmm. extra strain on his body. So four times is, I guess, putting double the uh, yeah double the strain on his body than he recommended. Right. The math is kind of wonky with Kaioken. We'll get into that. So after going four times Kaioken, Goku is able to blast Vegeta into lower orbit, and Yajirobe, who has secretly been watching the fight, rushes to Goku's side, calls him a bastard, and congratulates him. <laughs> Goku responds that Vegeta is still alive, which <laughs> freaks Yajirobe out. At this po point, Gohan decides to turn back and assist his father. Krillin, although worried, is impressed with his resolve and shoots off to go with him. Going right back to where we started off, how did you think, uh, well, I guess you already said it, but like, what were you thinking um, with uh, the way... Nappa was taken out. It was it. It's, it's it obviously built up Vegeta even more. Right. You know, I, I did I did really enjoy seeing Goku thrash on him. But when he saw that, even everybody was like, "Oh man, you know, this guy's taking no prisoners." He 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 even says, "You know, what good is a Saiyan or, or something similar?" And you got to think, there's only like three of them left now, and he just eradicated a third of the entire race. Yeah, this is this is more of like the weird Saiyan thing where like you know, oh, there's so little Saiyans left, but we don't care about yeah. any of them. <laughs> Is uh, I mean, personally, I mean, I I like that Vegeta kills Nappa because 
it's it's easy it's easier to side with a good guy if he's kind of like I mean Goku pretty much paralyzed him and he, and he told Vegeta he's not gonna, he's not gonna be fighting anymore and also bigs Vegeta up as being ruthless that he did kind of blow Nappa up. Um, although I, I I mean after the crap Nappa put everyone through, you do want to see him get put in his place specifically by Goku. But I think you do. It uh it serves a dual purpose in making and allowing Goku to not have to kill him, and also boosting up Goku or boosting up Vegeta. It also is kind of well not a foreshadowing. It's kind of a callback to what he did with the the Sabu men earlier in a couple episodes ago. Right, right. It's obviously extension of that personality. Yeah, if if they're done, he's he's dead to Vegeta. Yeah. He has he has no further need for him, and he's had hints of that in his personality type that he only sees Nappa as a weapon or as a means to an end. Right, exactly. Um, and I was, honestly, because he removed specifically removed Nappa from the battlefield, I think once once you just see Vegeta alone, he he's, he becomes instantly scarier. Like when the, when the dust clears and it's just like him standing there and Goku, Gohan, and Krillin like you know in the air like you know trying to get away from him. There's there's a sort of there's sort of like tension like you know like okay now, even though it's only one saying left, it it feels like it's even worse as opposed you know to easier. Well yeah yeah you instantly recognize that he's gonna he, this guy's obviously stronger than the other one, and you also lose that dynamic of him being the small one. He's just right. now the Saiyan. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah this, this, it's not the small one it's not you know the other Saiyan it's like, this is this, it's almost like okay now now it really starts, even though it's really hard to say that considering all the all the all the the slaughtering that happened in our last episode. The fight but, um, between Goku and Nappa was was pr- fairly brief, so this one really feels like well, Goku's you, you kind of you can tell he's going to get like in the rough with this one. Right. Um, okay. Now, I really need to ask ask you what you thought once when they start fighting off. I know in the anime it's kind of pedestrian. I, I think, in my opinion, at least uh, the way they portray it. You know, even though when Goku tries to do the Kaioken pronunciations all over the place. The Kaioken, and um, it still doesn't work. Once he decides to go Kaioken times three, I really need to know what you thought of that. What, what were you thinking about that whole thing with, with Goku and Vegeta just like going at each other when, when Goku was shirtless and just, just giving him everything he Before had? he went Kaioken three? Uh, before or after? What, what, were, what were you thinking the whole the whole Kaioken versus Vegeta? Uh, I got a lot of it. I got a vibe of two people testing each other out. Which is, you know, obviously what what you're gonna want to do in that fight, mm-hmm. particularly because we haven't seen anything of Vegeta yet. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's basically been sitting there talking, <laughs> and it seemed to be it was. I thought it did a good dynamic because it seemed like Goku was holding on for a moment there, and then Vegeta would overpower, and it was a lot of back and forth, and it was very interesting to me. Obviously, once he goes Kaioken three, it just it hits the fan, and he goes beast mode on. Oh yeah. In fact, yeah, the, the whole thing with Vegeta powering up, it's all it's made to be really scary because like when Nappa powered up, you know, there was like the clouds came or whatever. There was a similar thing with Vegeta, but instead of like a cloudy, you know, stormy kind of atmosphere, it was almost like there was like there was a lot like, of electricity tornadoes and, all and yeah. Yeah, like like just like it's just like the, the whole planet was like almost crying because Vegeta was there. <laughs> one thing I should, one thing I should say is that there was a there was a brief uh scene in, the, in like the original anime with uh lunch in a bar because somehow she found out that Tien was dead so she was like basically drinking herself to death and then like there's a stampede of people running because of like it looks like there's a storm coming but it's all coming afar from like Vegeta's power and we don't know where she is so it's like the whole planet is like you know responding to Vegeta's abilities 
And, it's, and I know it's, it's like this is it. He's, he's like, oh god, now it's really, really going. It's like, oh, he wasn't powerful like, enough, powerful enough before. <laughs> well, and it's also because Goku does KO Kingdoms two like once, like he he really basically does it to, to avoid a blast, and Vegeta tags him immediately because if you remember. He does Kaioken, he gets a couple of hits in, but then Vegeta's like, ah, the, if that's all you have, then you're dead. Then he's like, okay. And then as when Vegeta powers up, he goes, okay, Kaioken dumps two. And it still doesn't work. Like, all, it's, it's almost all over for him. It's like, how strong is this guy? I thought it was very well built up. Like, th- there's not a lot of gravitas. It's just, you know, it's just, you know whatever Goku has at that point is just not yeah, enough. Yeah, and as soon as you introduce Kaioken times two, saying that you can't go any higher than that, you know he's going to have to go higher than that. <laughs> yeah, they kind of they kind of uh, wrote themselves in the corner there. Okay, what did you think about Goku? As you said, going beasts all over Vegeta, and the whole that whole brawl, that whole uh, Kamehameha Gallic Gun battle. What did you think about all of that? <clears throat> I liked it. I liked that. I liked when he had to go Kaioken four, and it, it, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay. By that point, he's already putting strain in his body. He doesn't because he, he obviously doesn't care. He even says like, "This could kill me," but you know, he he just wants to get rid of Vegeta. He wants to win the fight, and so mm-hmm. he's he's blasting. His blasting is obviously working. So he just he goes times four, and regardless of the strain, which shows a lot, you know, a lot about his character and a lot about the the sacrifices he's willing to make for the fight. And that was a pretty beast Kamehameha. I loved it. This fight, th- you loved yes. it. Excellent, because this fight is what. It, it's, it's going to sound odd uh, coming this early in the series, but this fight is pretty much how every single fight for the rest of the entire series is judged by. This is by far and away, in terms of most fans' minds, the best fight in the series. And it's, again, it's a little weird saying that, but this whole, like, like once Goku just le- launches off, like, in the, in the manga, it's a full-page splash when he, when he punches him in the air, like, right when he leaps off. And... It's the, I know the in the anime the animation is ridiculously good. Um, it's just for, I love the technique they have where they're flying and they'll. It's almost kind of like a um, they're weaving back and forth, but they're just they're basically colliding, repelling off each other, colliding again. It, as they're shooting up, they they shown it before and they shown it again in this one. But that's a that's an artistic choice I dig anytime I see it. The camera angles like go all over the place. It's like you zoom in to Vegeta, then you like zoom into like Goku flying towards him. Um, I mean, I just I really want to kind of give, give attention to this because I can't stress enough how how like how this has gone down in, in the in the series history. Just how I'm really trying to figure it out because it set the precedent like, extremely early. Yeah, I mean this. I mean by far and away at this point in the series, like both DBZ and Dragon Ball Z, this is easily the one. That that is the best, but even afterwards, people still go back to this fight, and it's I mean because because you're coming into this completely new, I'm wondering how much of an impression it left it left to you, or if it if it was just you know like because like I, it's it, it's all about perspective I think. Yeah, what you know, from what I've seen of the series, you know, of the future episodes of the series, and and you know just cultural stuff. This fight is kind of the genesis of a lot of what looks like what comes afterward. It's a, you can kind of see this is the prime example of it. Mm-hmm. And that before, you know, you had everybody fighting Nappa, which was cool. But this is Goku doing his thing. You know, he's here and he's fighting Vegeta. 
they're both pretty evenly matched. They're two Saiyans going, you know, going. And Nappa is was a, was a good bad guy, but Vegeta's more of um, I think he's more of an evenly matched character against Goku. Well, obviously, you know, as far as power levels, but even as like artistic, t- you know, he kind of he kind of has the evil twin look more so than Nappa did. Kind of the he's art a lot type, more, uh... yeah. He's he's a lot more of a instead of a bald guy who's big and strong. He's a lot more of a dynamic looking. Villain. Yeah, he, he looks more more in tune with the with the artistic style of the series than Nappa does. I would agree. I would agree. Um, for me, what really makes this is that so often the series later on. I'm just, I'm just I'll just be I'll just be I'll just be real. The fights get a little bit more one sided, whereas this right here, at least the first part, like the Goku Vegeta thing, this is a scrap. This is like a like a slugfest a slugfest brawl, and both characters are just like you know just giving everything they have, and it's really cool because like like for instance like Goku hits Vegeta. I mean I'm not, I promise I have to go beat by beat for this, but once Goku knocks Vegeta into that in that little canyon, and Vegeta just like screams and busts out of it, then it's like they're both not holding back anything. They're they're just they're. They're trying to kill each other, and when 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 Goku, just like you know, just like he does several moves that should paralyze Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> hit him in the back. Once once he, once he hits him in the stomach, it's like you really realize, okay, it's, this is seriously, it's it's on now. Like like because Vegeta like stops, like he pauses and like he's I think he like holds his gut and like says, oh my god, um, and you can tell Goku is in pain the entire time because because he, he's taxing his body. Um, yeah, and even after when um, when he blasts Vegeta away, and Yojirabe uh, slaps him on the shoulder, and he's like, "Ah!" He, you know, he's he's in so much pain just from the exertion, and then going Kaioken. It's like, man, this was brutal. And I think you mentioned, you know, a good point. Later on, the fights will become more one-sided, and this never felt that way. Or this, you no. know, Vegeta would up the ante. Okay, well, Goku's gonna up the ante even more, and it's it's a back and forth. Exactly. It, like, like it's just, it just, the struggle of these characters, these two characters, are is. I think this is this is what makes the fight because I was I was trying to think about this like all week. Like this is like again, this is a lot of, a lot of people's minds the best fight in the series. Why is that? Well, you have Goku and Vegeta. You know, like like two of the strongest characters. Is that is that is that why? Because they, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there are other there are other fights where you have other rivals who fight each other, but like. What makes this fight, and this and this is this is important to the series too. This sets up a lot of Vegeta's character. This this entire this entire deal with with Goku. Like this pretty much uh, sets the sets the stage for his relationship with Goku from here on in. Like this 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 illustrates how the, how they're going to interact with each other from now on. Like like literally forever. And um, it's just because it's it's probably, I think it's just because of like the struggle. Like yeah, I think it's. I think it's it's wrong, or wrong and unjust to to think of like a show as just fight or an episode as just fights. As that's not a valid you know thinking of that as not a valid type of storytelling. So I know this clearly gives you some insight into their character. Exactly. You know, but yeah, by how much the struggle is going on and how much you know Goku's willing to sacrifice to win this fight and. How angry Vegeta gets at the fact that you know he's he's an elite Saiyan soldier and he's losing this fight or he's not even when he's winning he's not winning as much mm. as he by as much of a margin as he wants to. 
Yeah, I was, I was I was about to bring that up. Once, uh, uh, well, there's there's a period uh, which I love. I, I, I'm just gonna gush for for a brief second, but there's a period uh, in the fight where Vegeta tries to slug him, and then Goku grabs his fist and basically crushes his fist. Vegeta's clearly in, in like extreme amounts of pain, and then he tries to hit Goku. Goku catches him with a headbutt, and then pers- Goku proceeds to go to town to him in a way that. At that point, the character's never been shown to really do before. He, Goku basically like like throws him in an alley and just curb stomps him. <laughs> and after that, like with more moves that should paralyze Vegeta, Vegeta starts saying, "You know, I am an elite Saiyan warrior. This can't be happening. Why is this happening?" And he basically goes insane. <laughs> like his eyes are bugging out. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. He, he's his eyelids are completely gone. Um... And in fact, this this is also something I wanted to bring up. When he's when he says, um, "I'm a, I'll I'll blow this planet up," and you know she tries to blow the planet blow the planet up. It's at this point that I start to question his sanity. <laughs> Just as a person, um, he's obviously on we'll the get, planet. Like, <laughs> I know what the hell. I mean, I mean, he he starts he starts it it, it basically breaks him when when he says. I shed my noble blood for this piece of low-class filth, and like, says, "Ah, you're dead to me now, because you know if you, even if you survive, I'll still blow the planet up. Goku's not gonna survive if, if the planet's gone, and neither will you." <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there, I don't know, because I'm not sure how much discussion is this is in the fan, it's fandom, but like whether Vegeta's insane or not, he's a. We'll get into it a little bit later in our discussion, but he's, I think he's a really smart character. But I just think that this just sent him into a complete psychotic break. And it's fun to see a character <laughs> not only lose his mind, but be so prideful. I mean, he was saying, you know, don't use the scouters, Nappa. That's what got Radis into trouble. Nappa, calm down. You know, you're, you're being angry. He's not going to win the fight. But not only is he falling for his, his kind of rhetoric to, to go against, but he, he, at that point, he just tries to end the fight right there. He's, he's like... He's like, F- this. I'll, I'll just destroy the entire planet Earth. You know. Yeah, he he gets far more enraged uh, than Nappa did. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he he just shows that this this insane, insane anger. And again, one of the more classic moments of the entire series. I think it's in the the intro to DBZ Kai. The whole Kamehameha Gallic Gun uh, in Japanese is is Gairiku Ho. That's that's what Jesus move. But um, like again, this whole beam struggle. I don't think again. I think this is sort of a first thing, a first time for this. That's what I was series. wondering. Um, I was trying to think. Uh, we had the Kamehameha versus the Nappa um, atomic breath thing going, but yeah, that that obviously wasn't as iconic as this. Yeah, they, they like canceled each other out. Yeah, like I saw this and I was like, wow, that's you know, that's what everybody kind of associates with Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. And then of course when it's Goku like, I- beats it, it's like yes. I can, I can, I'm thinking right now, and yeah, this is, in fact, the only other time this happens in the series, to my knowledge, is in, is at the very end of the, of the Cell, Cell Saga. And really, and, I'm, and that's important too, but this is, I think, yeah, up to this point, they've not, we've not seen this. It's, it's either, you know, one blast wins or, or they, or they cancel each other out. They don't like struggle. And, um, it's just so awesome. I mean, you see the atmosphere, or not the atmosphere, but you, you see all the surroundings, like when Goku, Charges up his kamehameha, like everything around him starts to like kind of disintegrates. Like like the like the, the like the sky is, is dark. It, you see like flash. You might, you might get a seizure watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it, it's just it just I mean this this is pretty much what it's all about to me. This is what's awesome about the series that yeah, it is kind of like you can't stereotype and say, Oh, this happens every episode, but like no no no. This is this is one of the moments where they really earned this. And I just I can't say how much I, lo- I love this. I, lo- I just love this fight so much so that like I've I've seen different versions. I've seen the Kai version. I've seen the original version. I've seen the Ocean Dove version. Um, the Ocean Dove version, as much as as much as we, I've kind of uh, labeled it. You know, like I I think I've insinuated that it's probably the worst version of DBZ for Americans. And the fact they, they make ridiculous cuts, like just you wait till my my sliced off arm grows back. Ugh. <laughs> Idiots. Um, I gotta say they did they did a really good job on this. I'll, I'll try to include it in the in the episode like the, you 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 see how how intense this whole thing is. Even though like uh, I specifically remember when Goku punched Vegeta, you could hear like a Jaguar growl for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. It's like okay, that was corny. But um, no, th- this is just awesome. I mean, this I think. Is, I mean, without a doubt, up to the series, up to what we've covered so far, is the best fight in the series. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that one. It's just so, it's so cool. This is all you want to see once, not only once the Saiyans got there, but once Goku got there, and they, it was just him and Vegeta. Yeah, they they they, they, they hyped up Vegeta so much and Goku coming back, and it definitely paid off. Yeah, I mean, it it it, it plays it plays it's important in the series, support for the characters. Uh, animation's excellent in the in the anime. Um, it's just, it is. I, I, I really gosh, I was, I was hoping to have a little more control in this, but no, this is this is great. And then like the whole Kano Kano's four thing, um, it honestly surprises me every time I see it because I forget he does that. Um, which uh, yeah, I, I do I do like it, it is funny seeing like we'll cover it in a second, but it's funny seeing Vegeta like you know on the Kamehameha kind of like riding it up to the sky. Yeah. And he kind of has like roll off, like oh man, ah. <laughs> like roll off the table. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this. I mean, okay, okay. If you, if the listeners haven't gotten it, this this is awesome. Everything this this is this is Dragon Ball Z at its absolute best, right off the bat with this fight. And I, I don't think there's any more to say about it. This is just this is just perfect. <laughs> so that's, that's the first part of this final part of the Saiyan Saga. I do have two and, uh, notes. Uh, I forgot to mention. I, oh, go right they, ahead, they actually happen. Well, hold on, let's see. One, well, it's really only one note. Um, before the fight begins, no, okay, it is two. My bad, uh, scatterbrained. <clears throat> before the fight mm-hmm. begins, uh, it seems like Krillin is the one to come up with the plan because he tells okay. him, "Okay, f- go somewhere else away from their bodies. I know what you know. I have an idea, Goku." And Goku's like, "Okay," and then Goku sends him away. I love that Krillin is thinking and. It's kind of instructing him on what to do, not to kind of make Goku look dumber or stupider, dumber. Wow, but it, it kind of shows his intelligence, and you know he's been in this fight yeah. this long. I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, it, it, no, I don't think it makes Goku look dumb. It, like it's like you said, it shows Krillin's uh, uh, ingenuity, and um, it, it also sets up what happens later. I mean, this this sets up the entire next series or the entire next saga. But and uh, in addition to that. To that when they land, um, I guess the desert area wherever they're supposed to be fighting, uh, Goku mm-hmm. says, "Okay, this area looks free of humans or animals." And that line, like including animals, just struck me as something that Goku would say. Like he's, you know, he's not just worried about harming people; he's worried about harming anything. And I really dug that. Yeah, 
Because he, he seems like somebody who doesn't who wouldn't want to harm like a housefly unless he had to. Yeah, he he. Um, I mean, we saw in the first episode, but he ever since a child, he he's basically lived outside. Like he has a he has a house, but he he like you know he fishes and he he catches food the old fashioned way. He's very in tune with like nature and talks. To, I don't want to say talks to the animals, but they talk you know, about. He's, he's, they, well, <laughs> again, some some do, some don't. Uh, he, well, he's he's very much a guy who would live away from the city. Yeah. So that, I, I take your point exactly, uh, and I like Vegeta's line. You know, ah, no, no living people here. That's a good place for you to die. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. And what is uh, Yajirobe's reason for being there? I I couldn't. I can't remember. Yeah, he kind of randomly shows up. Because um, I said before in in the filler in the last few episodes, he was saying, ah, oh, yes, because he was he was at the that, at the site where they were investigating the Saiyan crash. He says, yes, I know the fighters who are fighting the aliens, and I'm one of them. Uh, in the manga, the first time you see him after uh, uh, being released from Kami's training is in the middle of the Goku-Vegeta fight where he just shows up randomly. He says, what's going on? And so I'm, I don't know where he came from. I, I don't know how he got there or how he knew they were there. Maybe he felt them. But, it, yeah, he, he just randomly pops up like Where's Waldo style. And he's uh, – so, uh, I did have another note. It's like everybody knows somebody like Yajirobe. He runs up to him, Goku, you bastard, you beat him, slaps him on the back. I'm like, this guy is so obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, Goku did say, you might want to get out of here. And he says, okay, I'll see, I'll see you later. Yeah. Douche. Uh, oh, one last note that I have. Boma, at, back at the Kame house, uh, uses the scouter that she pilfered from Raditz's corpse. And at, that, at the time, Goku charges over to, to Kaioken number three. She's she's reading his power levels, and it's like seventeen thousand, then it's nineteen thousand, then it's over twenty one thousand, and then and then it breaks. Yeah, twenty one thousand is like the last recorded power level. And, right. th- and this is coming, you know. And think last episode, Vegeta was flipping out, rightfully so, over nine thousand. So, <laughs> rightfully so. This is like you know more than double that. Definitely so. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, this, this is great, and it will continue to be great. Uh, before we get into more of this, the same fight, we'll have a message from uh, one of our podcasting friends and some of the shows that you should be checking out. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Batgirl to Oracle is a podcast and site dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the Batgirl mantle for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1985. The goal of BTO is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Batgirl and continue on through her current tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at vintage issues of Detective Comics and Batman and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I examine Barbara Gordon's appearances in the media, such as TV, film, etc. I've been blessed to be able to interview writer Brian Q. Miller, and I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Please visit us online at BatgirlToOracle.net and look for us on iTunes. Thank you. Hello. Do you pine for the days of Gundam Wing, Batman animated series, and 2D hand-drawn Disney animation like Beauty and the Beast? Do you constantly have Tiny Toons and Animaniacs intro themes repeating on your iPod? Do you sometimes feel the need to 
go to some random person and go, Oh, freak out! More importantly, are you tired of listening to the same old Yowie fangirls and dorm room fanboys who've barely been a fan of animation video games and comics for more than three years trying to rip off the same stick as people like the Nostalgia Critic and the Angry Video Game Nerd? Are you looking for a podcast on anime, video games, and all things pop culture that is maybe a bit more sophisticated that features, oh, I don't know, a podcaster who maybe been a fan the likes of 18 and a half years and actually talks about gasp story rather than bashing something because there's boobies? Are you looking for somebody who will gasp Talk about the music rather than, oh god, that explosion looks cool. Are you looking for somebody who actually talks about the art? Then I think I have just a place for you. Yes, welcome, my friends, to the Absolution Hour. If you answered yes to all my questions before, then you, my sir, or good madam, are a part of the Toonami generation. A generation that set the standard for animation, video games, and all things pop culture. When we made things like Toonami, and the Animaniacs, and the 2D hand-drawn animation like Beauty and Beast so popular. We brought the rise of the anime, we brought the rise of video games, and we brought the rise of everything such. So should there be a podcasting network that's dedicated to us? With the Absolution Network, there is. Join shows like Tom's Prerogative and the Otaku Momentum that really represent the Tsunami Generation. Absolution Network. Stay golden. I've only got one shot. The spirit bomb. I just hope I still have the strength to do it. So, Kakarot! You think you can outsmart me? Destroying the moon won't stop anything! Moon? What about the moon? Don't play innocent with me, Kakarot. Just know that your efforts were in vain because I don't need the moon to complete my transformation. Transformation? The moon merely reflects the rays of the sun, but as they're being reflected, a new energy called Blotz Wave is created and added to their composition. These waves cause the transformation, not the moonlight by itself, as you may have believed. What is he talking about? Although moonlight is a natural source of Blotz Wave power, it is not the only way to form this energy. There is another way. <laughs> We Saiyans realized that we were at the mercy of the moonlight on whatever planet we were on, unable to control the length of day or night. It was completely unpredictable and held our power at a disadvantage. Until we discovered a way to artificially create our own moonlight! <laughs> By channeling the energy from within ourselves and combining it with the planet's atmosphere, we can make a synthetic moon complete with Blutz Waves anytime and anywhere we want to! As soon as I release this into the sky, the transformation will begin and there's nothing you can do about it! <laughs> oh no! 
witness to the ultimate power of the Saiyans, Kakarot. The giant ape, destroyer of planets. Soon this world will feel my wrath. And we're back. And so is Vegeta. After sliding off of the Kamehameha, Vegeta basically takes the several seconds just to, just to scream and say, No! Why is he stronger than me? Why? I am the greatest Saiyan of all time! And loses it. So he rage quits. But then he says, well, at least I can still beat him by transforming to the Great Ape. I didn't want to do it because all I wanted to do was, you know, take over this planet and be done with, for the day. But to transform in front of Kakarot, this, this just sucks. <laughs> but um, as he flies around, the moon, it ain't there. Um, as we obviously you know, covered before, Piccolo destroyed it a while back. So Vegeta says, Vegeta thinks that Kakarot, I say Kakarot, Vegeta thinks Goku destroyed the moon. But he still knows a way he can transform, so he he wants to say that for Kak. Damn it! So he wants to say that for Goku just to see the look on his face. When he gets back down there, he accuses Goku of trying to be smart to, to destroy the moon. Goku has no idea what he's talking about, but Vegeta starts to exposit and say, "Do you even know how he would transform?" And I'll basically sum this up in one word: science. <laughs> Saiyan science. Um, essentially. Saiyans can transform uh, through moonlight that, that activates uh, a type of, of radiation in, the, in their bloodstream called, called Blux Waves. And through some, through some, uh, through some uh, testing and training back on their home world, Saiyans essentially can create a, a small energy ball that resembles the radiation of the moon and mix it in with the atmosphere so they can transform. So he does just that and brags about, oh man, you're going to die. I didn't uh, see that or uh, the uh, explanation about the radiation. Really? No. He um, he talks about how certain light rays react with the Saiyan's eyes, which cause the transformation. So, I mean, it could, they could have just edited that part out of the of the episode I was listening to. But yeah, he, that's all he mentions that he's able to that only certain Saiyans are able to like uh, channel enough power to create an artificial moon, basically. Okay, I mean, I, I, I was, I was kind of like skimming over what it says. Yeah, he does say the greatest Saiyans can compress the planet's atmosphere with a power ball to create a small artificial moon that reflects 17 million Zeno. Um, so yes, <laughs> so yeah, it's basically a bunch of uh, Saiyan science yeah. info dumping. But anime um, science, just... kind of like comic book science, <laughs> completely worthless. <laughs> uh, unless you're the characters, he shoots it up in the air. Goku has no idea what's going on. And basically, as Vegeta starts to transform, he's like, I bet you wish you had a tail now, traitor! And this guy turns into a gigantic ape and still has his clothes on. Unstable <laughs> molecules. Will be explained. Unstable molecules, And yes. still has his widow's peak, more importantly. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it was the first thing I noticed. I noticed that before his clothes. <laughs> oh, he still has his widow's peak. Wait, he's still wearing clothes. It's a very funny image of, of like. Is that in case you? I guess they didn't want to get him mixed up with any other Saiyan. Like, oh no, this is Vegeta. See, he's still wearing the outfit. There is an explanation why his clothes aren't aren't destroyed. I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later. Um, so he's like, "What do you think of this, Kakarot? Ha ha ha! You're going to die." Goku thinks you killed my grandpa, but but Vegeta has no idea what he's talking about. So Goku then flashbacks back to when he was a child about when his grandpa Gohan told him that. There are gigantic apes that come out at night, you know, so he should be careful and stay inside and not go outside when there's a full moon. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And um, later we see a flashback where uh, when he was training with Kami, Kami removed his tail permanently. 
uh, because for some reason Kami knew what was going on. So Goku ascertains that, and this is something that he didn't know in Dragon Ball. He was the great monster he always heard about, and that he must have killed his, his grandfather. It's called Uzuru, Uzaru. Uzaru? Uh, the Japanese the Japanese name for it is Ozaru, Uzaru, I think. I mean, but it, it basically translates to, to great ape. Now, was that legitimate, like, story from Dragon Ball? The first episode from Dragon Ball, well, yeah, the first episode of Dragon Ball, when Goku meets Bulma, he says, I used to live with my grandfather until he died, uh, a great big monster stepped on him, and then, like, at the end of the first story arc, at episode 10 or whatever, uh, he, Bulma, Yamcha, Puar, and Oolong are trapped in a cell by the villain, and Goku sees the, the moon, and then transforms, and then everyone realizes that he was exactly the monster that Goku described at the beginning of the series. So we learn very early on that Goku is the... Goku is a great ape, but he never finds out until this moment. And um, even later on when he transforms again, people, people they, they just keep it from him. I don't know why. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose that's a traumatized that's not, little Yeah, kid. that's not information he might need to know. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> uh, I, I think at the beginning of, this, of the series, they said, just go on, just go on, look at the moon. He says, no, we go to bed very early. Uh, but this is the moment. This so is do the they moment? have to specifically look at the moon? Or is it like a werewolf when they, if the full moon's out, regardless? It's a combination of tails and the moon. If if you look at the moon with a tail, then mm. you can transform it. You need one or you need one or the other. Not 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 neither. <laughs> essentially. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. Like I saw the flashback, and I didn't know if they were just filling in gaps or if that was anything that actually happened in the original show. So that's cool that they the transformations were part of the character that far back. Yeah, um, and again, he was you know he was based off of like the um, Journey to the West, Sung Wong Kung character, basically a monkey boy. But also, yeah, like both of those flashbacks weren't shown in Dragon Ball. I mean, we never saw uh, uh, his grandfather living with him at the time. We just start off Goku's living on his own, and when Goku goes off to train with Kami, he shows up three years later without his tail, and they just say, "Oh, I got, I, I was totally get rid of it." Um, but, but but yeah, these are these are new. But but these also occur back in Dragon Ball, so it's kind of cool to tie it back to that. There's still this this is still sort of you know within the same timeline. Um, so Goku realizes that he killed his grandfather, <laughs> and so, instead of going crazy, says, "I'm so sorry, Grandpa. Uh, when I see you in heaven, I'll, I'll I'll beg your forgiveness. But for now, I'll give everything I have to stop this guy." Um, so he jumps off, but realizes that even though. Uh, great Vegeta is is humongous. He's still very very fast. Vegeta also happens to mention that. Guess what? My power is ten times stronger. So uh, eighteen thousand times ten <laughs> equals boned. <laughs> One hundred eighty thousand by my count. Um, even with the Kaioken, Goku can't really escape him. And he says the only thing I need to, to do to beat him is use my uh, Genki Dama or the Spirit Bomb. Uh, I just need some time to get away from him. And Vegeta's very, very fast. So he says, oh, wait, I have, I have an idea. Tien, I'm stealing your move. And, you know, he closes his eyes, uh, puts his fingers right in front of him, and screams out, Taioken! Or, Solar Flare! Uh, Taioken, you know, being Japanese for the Fist of the Sun, is uh, a move by Tien from Dragon Ball. I actually like Basically, that he, he did that. I, obviously, I didn't recognize the move, but I like that he's, he was using one of Tien's moves. Yeah. <laughs> um... We'll get into a little bit. Let me just get, get through this real quick. Um, so this buys some time because this, this is a, a blinding move that pretty much flashes and blinds everybody in, in the near area. 
Cuckoo flies away and tries, tries to gather all of the planet's energy. Eventually, Vegeta does regain his sight and spots him, but Goku just about sees all the energy into his palm and is about to throw it. He thinks he's far enough to throw it with Vegeta before Vegeta attacks him, but Vegeta surprises him with a mouth blast, screwing him over entirely. <laughs> so Goku's all beat and says, that's my last chance. I don't know what to do. He, uh, Vegeta swats him away, jumps up, and <laughs> leaps onto his legs and crushes them. I think he says... Um... Oh, I may have actually broke something that with that move. <laughs> he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah, because even though he's a gigantic ape, he's still a gigantic dick. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he can he can also unlike Gohan, he he's in full control of being giant ape Vegeta. Yes, that is that is a good point. Like uh, he and he can speak. Yeah, goes along with yeah, him I, having I, hair and suit. I guess. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's even explained. I suppose it's just because either he grew up on, on Planet Vegeta or he's an adult. Um, but he's about to he's about to finish Goku. Goku blasts in his eye, takes out his eye. Vegeta says, okay, that's it. I'll, I'll squeeze life out of you. And starts crushing Goku like a little toy. At that point, Go- Gohan and Krillin arrive, run into Yajirobians. And Krillin, who recognizes what's going on, because he's, he's seen Goku transform before in the, as, a, as a kid, says, oh, we are in big trouble. All we need to do is cut off his tail, and he'll transform back to normal. So he wants the two of them to uh, pretty much gain his attention while he attacks from behind. Gohan does. Yajirobe runs away because he's a coward. Because he's Yajirobe. Useless. No good. He doesn't do anything uh, of any, of any uh, worth. <laughs> but um, as Krillin tries to fire his, his Kienzan at, uh, at uh, Vegeta from behind, Vegeta actually dodges it. So... <laughs> All their efforts were completely worthless. So he starts to kill Goku. Uh, Gohan's screaming for him to stop it. But all of a sudden, his tail is snapped off by, by Yajirobe and his katana sword. So Vegeta does manage to drop Goku and transform, de-transform back into his regular self. So uh, that problem is now solved. Vegeta is back, and he's even weaker. And um, he is not very happy. He's not as insanely uh, outraged as he was when Goku was beating on him, but he's really upset that he lost his tail. So he quickly runs over to Gohan, KTFOs him, and uh, even though Krillin tries to help him, he takes down Krillin in half of a second. So he says, okay, I'll tell you how kind it can be. I'll kill you next to your father. There's poetry in that. So he headbutts Gohan and just throws him right next to Goku's broken body. Goku tries to tell Gohan, you have the strength. Take on Vegeta, and uh, with, with Krillin's help, you can beat him. But Gohan's saying, Dad, I don't know if I can. Before Goku could continue on, Vegeta... <laughs> Uh, Vegeta leaps off and knees Goku in the gut. You know, Goku coughs up a whole gallon of blood. <laughs> and Goku, Vegeta basically, literally, literally this time, starts curb stomping Goku, just kicking him while he's down. Gohan sees this and, you know, doesn't appreciate his father getting curb stomped. So he says, Stop it, stop it, stop it right now! You, me, let's go! So Vegeta's like, Sure, why not? And they, they begin fighting. While that's going on, Goku's saying, Krillin, for the love of God, get over here. I have, a, I have an idea. I will give you my spirit bomb to throw to Vegeta. So, all the way back to where Vegeta first transformed, what were you thinking about this part, Jesse? Uh, I loved it. I had a feeling it was coming. So, you know, obviously, you know, he, when he talks about he, he's looking for the moon, he makes it, and, he, and you finally get there, it's like, okay, well... Goku was having a problem before, 
<laughs> like now it's it's gonna be even worse. Honestly, I was like, man, I was like, man, why can't Goku just transform when you have giant monster on monster action? But that was the the kaiju fan of me. Yeah, I was like, says the Godzilla fan. <laughs> but no, and yeah, part of me was wondering, like, well, how can he speak and have clothes and widow speak? But yeah, I kind of got past that quick. And he is, and it's a lot of times when you have transformations like this, you kind of lose the character. But no, he's he's still very much Vegeta, while he's giant monkey form. He's still big dick. He still acts the same. Yep. He's still beating the crap out of him. And I love that they mentioned that he's also fast because you'd naturally assume that he gets bigger that Goku would have the upper hand of being faster than him. But no, no like I think Goku tries to shoot past him and Vegeta like kicks him, like jumps up and kicks him. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it really does. Uh, hammer down how hopeless the situation can be because Vegeta was tough before, but then it looked little good because Goku was stronger than him. But now he kind of cheated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it is a funny situation. Like you know, how can this get even worse? Because Vegeta was clearly monstrously strong, but now he's literally a monster who's strong, but in dish. Um, I do like the scene where Goku realizes that he was the one who transformed and killed his grandfather and destroyed everything as a child because. In the, um, this is another thing. In the ocean dub, I don't think they, they, I don't think they translate that. I think they just say, "You remind me of the, of, the, of the monster who attacked the World Martial Arts Tournament when I was a kid." They don't have the recognition that I think he, the character needs by this point as an adult that he that he, that, that that sets. And again, this is sort of like you know a Dragon Ball thing, but this is something that you know we we heard all the time. You know he would transform, and now we have the character. Goku is essentially less ignorant, which is nice to see. Him being ignorant most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's any. Um, I think any time it calls back to Dragon Ball is good, and especially like this is um it's it's not a throwaway line, but it's a couple lines that don't really impede the rest of the episode. It doesn't take you out of the episode. Exactly. And it still when manages I, to bridge this. the gap between, you know, or, or not bridge necessarily, but it like it doesn't take you out of the episode, but it does manage to put more of a connection between the original series and the current one. Yeah, definitely. It's it's still like the same. It, it, it's just it's just it's, it's continuity. It's fun continuity to have. Um, and it, it, again, it it is it, it gives some more development. I will also say that uh, right when Vegeta was first transforming, this is this is another notorious uh, not so much a censor note, but another like added line from the Ocean Dub. When Vegeta is giving his big uh, his big uh, uh, explanation as to how tra- Sans can transform by the by the light emitted by the moon. Uh, in the ocean, in the in the ocean dub, he says, um, "When we were trying to take over this one planet and it, it didn't have a moon, we didn't know what to do until your father came up with this. Your father was an average fighter, but he was a brilliant scientist." <laughs> Which is a pack of lies, because <laughs> in in Kai, you see Goku's father, who ain't no scientist. I was gonna say, wait, wait, wait. So, is this just like a throwaway line that they dubbed in? Yeah, it's it's complete bullshit because because like at no point at all is this, is this even referenced in the original content. It, they just made that up. <laughs> I was to say because so, saying something like that seems like you'd want to back it up with some type of story. <laughs> it's so moronic. There was a really funny video on YouTube. I'm, I wonder if it's still on there, talking about all the all the changes that the ocean dub made to the original to the original. Uh, content and then they photoshopped this image of goku who you know basically looks like looks like his father with like a uh 
with a motorboard and a degree in his hand. Like, you know, he's the son of a scientist. Now, the <laughs> ocean like, dub is the the first English dub, correct? Yeah, that's the first one. That, that, that was the one that first aired, Dragon Ball Z. Okay, I know I've heard some of that one, so... It is. It's, it's the one where Vegeta says over nine thousand. Like that's the yeah. that, that, the, that that comes the one that came out tsunami. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was it's right before Funimation. Essentially, like they went they went and dubbed the series from the beginning all the way to like the Raccoon fight on Namek, and then from the from the end of the Ginyu fight, Ginyu Force fight to the to the end of the series, and then all the way back, it was Funimation. But uh, essentially, like whenever you, yeah, 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 Ocean. I think it's Ocean is like uh, from Canada, and Funimation. Is like outsourced from Texas. <laughs> What's a Texan saying? Okay. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, whatever you hear, the, the over nine thousand meme, that's from the Ocean dub. Even though the, the Funimation dub has gone back and done that as well, the original, the original, um, the original version is from the Ocean dub, and the Ocean dub is notorious for uh, just adding things that don't make sense or adding lines that were never in the original series, which really piss a lot of hardcore fans off. Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> In ways, <laughs> yeah, in ways you can imagine. Um, that just, that just makes me laugh, though. I mean, there's no reason. Now, does that I mean, have something to do with Ocean Dub not not finishing up the series, like the quality what? of work they were sending? I well, from what I've read, uh, off more topic. Oh no, I, I, I love this part. <laughs> just a spitballing, but uh, oh, the whole show is a spitballing. But um, from what I've read, the the ratings weren't originally when they when they dubbed dbz it was it, w- it aired somewhere that wasn't tsunami i'm not sure where i forgot but like it aired somewhere and the ratings weren't good so they didn't they did not dub the rest uh when it aired on tsunami the, the ratings were excellent and funimation which is a, which was a new company at the time went back and uh dubbed the rest of the series so at the time the funimation or ocean dub uh translated and dubbed um as much as they could when the ratings were when the ratings were as they were and and they also dubbed in the first two, three movies. Now apparently they they've went gone back and dubbed from the beginning of the Android Saga to the end of the series because I've seen YouTube clips of that, which is interesting. Um, they keep on changing some voice actors. Like Goku's voice actor from the beginning of the series isn't the same as he is from the end of the series, which is annoying. Uh, but Brian Drummond still plays Vegeta all the way through. The guy the guy who says over nine thousand. He's Vegeta all the way through. And it's interesting to com- to compare because the voices, they th- they they kind of fit in different ways. Um, I personally think that Funimation is a much better, higher quality of a dubbing company. I mean, they were kind of rough in the beginning, but I, I still I they, they they at least cut out the the next dimension crap and started saying these characters did die. You you could tell that they really wanted to get the, get across the spirit of, of the series, whereas the Ocean dub kind of just wanted to make it safe for kids. Yeah. So the. F- so, to review, Funimation started toward, uh, not towards the middle of the series, but didn't start at the beginning, and then went on to the end, and then, and then backtracked to cover the first episodes. Yeah, indeed. Like, Ocean like, Dub um, only went so long, and, and then went back and did the rest, rest of the show? Yes. Or went from the Android saga on, so there's still a gap that Ocean Dub didn't do. As far as I'm aware, yes. I, I mean, I could be wrong. If anybody knows better, then please come in and explain. But I've looked for it. I mean, for instance, there's not a... I've, I've looked for scenes of the Ocean Dubs version of, of, of the Super Saiyan transformation, and I've not seen it. From what I've gathered, they've not dubbed that. If I'm wrong, then uh, then I'm wrong. But um, that's that's as far as I'm, I'm, I'm aware from my... And those are the two they, English dubs that are that are out there. Yeah, those those are the only only ones that are English. Now, do you Ocean know if, if those are included English. on the DVDs? 
Well, the DVDs I have is the, the Funimation. Like, the original Saiyan Saga is not the Ocean dub. It's the Funimation remastered dub. Um, although I do know that, that they, re- they recently came out with a um, with an edition called Dragon Box, which is Ocean dub uh, kind of remastering their old, their old dub. I'm not sure how they do that. I think it's with animation. Um, actually, um, I was at San Diego Comic-Con for 2011 and went to the Dragon Ball Z panel <laughs> before, this, before this podcast was born. Um, and it was a Funimation, pan- it was a Funimation driven panel. I mean, Christopher Sabat, who voices Vegeta, and it has much to do with the production of the dub. He voices Vegeta, Piccolo, Yamcha, and, and various other characters. Wow. They were talking, oh yeah, <laughs> they were talking about, um, going back and like really, really, really making the, the old version, like the Saiyan Saka, as crystal clear as possible. Because the, the show ends up looking a little bit grimy, because it was, you know, this is like 1989, 1990. Personally, I think it looks fine as it is, but that's what they want to do. But I do know that like both ver- both companies independently transferred the series again recently in the two thousands. Whereas in nineteen ninety eight, like I-, I can't tell you, we'll get to it later on down the series. But whenever the series like ended at the beginning of the Ginyu Force fight, it killed me as a- it killed everybody as fans because they would just start over again for like a year or, or two years. It-, it felt like it, and it's just torture so when the funimation dub came in and dubbed the rest it was it was like nirvana <laughs> just absolute bliss yeah but, that um, whole process interests me uh, you know the show can be well, like the show can start at a certain date it doesn't get over here till you know so many x amount of years later and then it yeah like it ends because it hasn't been dubbed anymore and you know it it's a whole lot of like backstory going on there you know i believe the ocean dub actually started production right after dbz ended in japan because I, I remember seeing like the uh the credits and they said you know copyright ocean dub 1990 copyright akira toriyama 1996 for the dub okay so, so it, it was it was we didn't get it that long after like they, right I, I i know i didn't see it until 1998 but i know that like it was it was soon after it was it was, it was still soon after, it was still a few years after the series had ended hmm. um yeah it's, uh i know and i and i i hope people uh, enjoy that part. I, I certainly do. Whenever you pop out with questions like that, no, it interests me, and I'm I'm interested in in the voice acting styles, and you know, mm-hmm. because it is very much acting, just like anything, uh, any other type of. That's acting. actually, that's actually a good point we can bring up because, like, uh, again, for a while, much of the Saiyan saga uh, was the ocean dub that I saw, and I mentioned back when Goku and Vegeta were killing each other, that like as corny as the some of the lines were could could be. That fight was awesome with those voice actors. Brian Drummond was a was a beast as a Vegeta and still is. I've, I've seen some of his work when he was Majin Vegeta, and it's really cool. But I mean, I mean, I saw, I saw the Kai version, and I think the Kai version does probably does the best job because Goku and Vegeta really sound like they're at like the end of their lives, struggling to survive. But at the same time, there's something that's really indelible about the original Ocean dub, as as bad as it could Who dubbed be, the Kai versions? Funimation. Okay, so they just took the Funimation and then I guess edited edit around them, or they did they redub it specifically for Kai? J- Japan Japan originated Dragon Ball Z Kai by hiring all the old uh, voice actors or the ones who are still alive to redub the audio. I don't know why because in Japan the, the the dialogue is pretty much verbatim like it was in the manga. In Funimation, even though it was less censored than it was with uh, compared to the Ocean dub, it was still kind of you know geared for tsunami, so it could be a little <laughs> more for kids, but. Essentially, it was like their other because Funimation is an anime dubbing company. They've dubbed other animes like Yu Yu Hakusho and um, Full Metal Alchemist and other stuff like that. 
where they have cut and uncut versions. They basically went back and uh, for Kai, they use that they need that chance to make a real, for lack of a better phrase, adult version of Dragon Ball Z, where the dialogue is a lot more not only like the original manga, but the characters basically talk like they would in reality. Like like when when something bad happens, they say "damn." Uh, whereas even if, even if if the, the original Funimation dub had characters get hurt, they wouldn't say "damn." So it's 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 really interesting to hear Goku swear. <laughs> Uh, even if it, even if it, I, don't, I don't really think swearing matches his actual, his honest character, but whatever. But um, yeah, the the voice acting element is really interesting, and, I, and I've mentioned it before. But uh, the voice actor for Goku, Sean Schimmel, uh, who voiced the, who's basically the Goku from the Funimation dub all the way through. He, I, I I've always liked him originally, but like his performance in Kai is exceptionally better because he honestly sounds like a different character to me. Like he sounds a lot more intense. Uh, he has the whole screaming thing down to the to a point where like uh, he just sounds like a like a monster each time, and it's really really cool. Like what what I'm gonna do, and like you probably you'll probably hear this if you if, if you're listening, is include both versions of the Ocean Dub and the Kai Dub of the Goku and Vegeta fight to compare and hear how the inflections and different interpretations of the characters' struggles would um, you know which ones you prefer and, and which and how you know how how they both do. Good job of portraying what is the best part of the series, almost. Hmm. Yeah, that'd uh, not, be really not, interesting. Not, not one by one. Yeah, I would definitely oh, want to hear that, and I'm, I'm, I'd hope other people would too. Oh yeah, de- definitely, definitely. I mean, it's this. This is one of the best parts about our show is that like there are ver- there are. It's not just us covering the series. There are so many different versions that interpret the series differently. Yeah, I mean, they're le- legitimate different actors, and even you know different cuts for the same actors. You know bringing these characters to life. And each one, yes, exactly. I don't think any are less valid than the others, but, you know, some can kind of play to more how you see the character and some can play more to how I see the character, so. It was really funny because I remember when I uh, first heard Krillin from Funimation, uh, Sonny Strait's Krillin, he sounded completely different from, like, the original Krillin. I forgot the, the voice actor's name. But the Krillin went from, like, sound like, you know, like, like a typical guy to, like, like somebody who thought like this and <laughs> a really, really noticeable uh, observational voice, but it's still really good. Like he still doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's another one that in Kai does an excellent performance when given the chance. Um, although I will say that Kai did change up some of the voices. Like Bulma has a different voice actor, and, and uh, Gohan has a different voice actor. But uh, the the most of the meaty roles, like Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, and Go- Krillin, have the same voice actor. I remember, I remember liking Pic- Piccolo's voice actor. No, this is this, from, this is from um, when I watched it on Toonami, so that'd be Funimation, right? It depends on when it was, Ooh. because <laughs> Saiyan <laughs> Saga, you know, first half of Namek Saga was uh, Brian Jemmin from uh, Ocean Dub, and afterwards is uh, Christopher Sabat from uh, Funimation. Edit, Scott McNeil voiced Piccolo in the Ocean Dub, not Brian Jemmin. Brian Jemmin voiced Vegeta. Uh, and back to the show. Um, I, know, I heard that like a lot of fans prefer the Ocean Dub's voices for Piccolo and Vegeta as opposed to the other ones, but I think they're both very good, or all three, I suppose, because Chris Abat does both Piccolo and Vegeta, but manages to sound different, but uh, two character, two guys voice Piccolo and Vegeta in, in the Ocean Dub, and they both sound really good. I mean, Piccolo actually sounds uh, awesome in the, in the Ocean Dub, especially in the, uh, the three movies that, they, that, that, that Ocean Dub did, because... The Ocean Dub does 
in those three movies, there was an uncut version where it was basically like what they did with Kai, make this make the series sound more adult. So you would hear like characters say, like, I would kill you or whatever, and it would sound awesome. So, I mean, Ocean Dub had the opportunity, and it, it did pro- provide some good stuff. But where the series was concerned, it was too busy with, like, you know, making it safe to show for kids, and that kind of hampered the performances. Actually, yeah, kind of shot themselves in the foot. Right. It's, it, is, it is a shame, but, uh, I mean, I... I like the Funimation dub better, mainly because it went on longer, and I think they really, really, really want to make DBZ the best that they could do it. But um, I mean, again, I don't, I'm not, I don't dislike any of the, any others, whereas uh, most DBZ fans aren't that kind in my in my experience. Um, I mean, I, again, some some guys just, just just hate all the English versions and just like the Japanese version. Yeah, I'm I'm currently watching it with subtitles, just um, out of. Well, I mean, I yeah, I didn't have that much. Well, I had experience before watching a few episodes, but I kind of wanted to go to the most, I guess, accurate. Yeah, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you, honestly, you least, least subjective. Also, that's 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 okay. I, I can certainly appreciate that. Um, I mean, I mean, and again, I I actually really like the the, the Japanese music, mainly because it sounds like like a, like a mid seventies Chinese movie. <laughs> But uh, that's something that Kai did. Kai changed the soundtrack, which I will say I prefer the original soundtrack because it had this like old, like really, really, really old school. It, it sounded out of time even for Dragon Ball Z, the soundtrack. Whereas the Kai soundtrack sounds a little bit more up to date, and I do I do miss the older sounding uh, Japanese soundtrack. But um, I mean, you'll hear it throughout this show. I'll, I'll play it at the beginning of the end um, throughout throughout our podcast. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What else? I mean, the Vegeta-Goku fight when he's a great ape, it's fun seeing, <laughs> it's fun seeing um, Goku fight, you know, basically what he used to be. But, uh, yeah, oh, um, I, I know I wanted to mention, yeah, the uh, the te- techniques he uses, like like uh, the solar flare. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but, yeah, that's, that's Tien's move. And Goku's actually stolen it before, I think. Uh, he actually, I think he used it against Tien, because when they were fighting one of the tournaments... Tien used it, and Goku was, you know, knocked down. I think Goku then, like, stole Master Roshi's sunglasses and then used it on Tien. <laughs> um, and th- that, that that move comes up again and again and again. This is one of, like, one of the more regularly used moves, and it is fun to, to use. It had a good effect, uh, so... Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's one of the better moves. I mean, if you're ever, ever going to bind. And you'll see other, other characters use it as well. <laughs> Goku's paralyzed for life. That was... I think that was cut out of the ocean dub, even though his his legs clearly don't work no more. That's uh, that's really nasty. I just love how how excited Vegeta is. Oh, that one may have. He grabs him. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, that that time I may have crushed something. I'm like, again, he he he's taking his time with them, but like as a villain would. But he's not being merciful. He's like, I'll let you live until I have over the plans. No, no, he's like torturing. Yeah, it's like he he's he's trying to break every bone in his body. It's fun seeing the, the ape have a conscious, an, an evil look on his face. Yeah, you could say it's, he doesn't just transform into a mindless ape. No, no, no. He is a very evil ape. <laughs> and he's, he's smiling and everything <laughs> with those blank red eyes. It's good stuff. Are there anything else you have in this this great ape section? Uh, no, I think that's that's it. Okay. Um. Oh, the last thing I want to say about this 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 is about after Vegeta has has gone back to his normal form. This is the Vegeta. This is sort of like the beginning of Vegeta, like being a really, really awesome character. Now, granted, he's ruthless, he's ruthless as hell, and is utterly evil. But I, I really like uh, 
I don't know. It was different with Nappa. Nappa just seemed like the, like the opponent, whereas Vegeta, I feel in this in this general overall fight, he at times becomes the protagonist because it's sort of like whatever he he kind of deals whatever whatever comes up against him, and I like. It's hard to me. It's, it was weird for me to say this, but I, I like him kind of systematically taking down the rest of the Z fighters, and saying, you know, I'll let you die next to your father, or whatever, and then destroying Goku. <laughs> That's, it's very, yeah, it is very systematic, and he. Um, I don't know if he becomes a protagonist. It's uh, he has very endearing traits. You know, he's he's. It's basically everything's getting thrown at him, and he's finding new ways to overcome the odds, which is going to make make yeah make him more endearing to you know even as a villain, right. but as a character, you know, you you kind of grow with him. Yeah, exactly. I I, I don't necessarily say that you know you root for him, but I guess you get more of a respect for him, maybe you know, because yeah, Napoli he, did very much seem like defeat. You know, brute guy A, <laughs> tall ball guy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Vegeta is like you know, it's not so much the same. It's, it's Vegeta. He's he's and he's a vicious such and such. Now this is a scene that I, that that was different in both in in the anime and the manga. When Vegeta, you know, like you know, politely throws Gohan down to, to go to Goku. Goku's just trying to say, "Hey, look, son, you can take him. Just you know, have Krillin help him. You'll be all right." And Gohan's like, you know, I can't, Dad. I'm so scared. He's so strong. In the manga, Goku starts to yell at him and says, Are you a coward? Gonna let all those people die for nothing? What did Piccolo teach you? And then it cuts to Vegeta just like, you know, like, like kneeing him in the, in the gut and Goku, you know, vomiting blood. In the anime, he says that and then, like, he says, Gohan, it's gonna be okay. And then reaches for his hand. And then Vegeta hilariously does, you know, knees him in the gut. And I thought it was interesting because it gives Goku... I don't know, it, it, it goes for a more touching moment between father and son, rather than kind of like, you know, Goku, Goku possibly, that was possibly the last thing he's him saying. Just just being told that, what, what would you have preferred, Jesse? Which one? Like Goku like kind of yelling at him, or trying to reach for Gohan and smiling? It depends on the context of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. If he's saying it to kind of channel what Piccolo was would kind of teach him, I could, I could see that approach, but... But to me, that doesn't ring true for what you know uh, Goku would do. Doesn't strike me as something okay. he would do. But what well, you described yeah, me, that, yeah. I could see him trying to, you know, trying to channel Piccolo to 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 mention him because in, when he does mention Piccolo, Gohan gets a rea- he gets a reaction to Gohan. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, before before Vegeta kicks him, Goku's like yelling at him. Very, very stern, like like a very on Goku, like actually. And another, there's another, there's um some more scenes. Some of the best scenes in the original anime is, is like with the other deep Dragon Ball characters, because uh Fortune Teller Barbara is there showing them the fight through her crystal ball because the TV's broke, and um, Chi Chi sees Gohan get the crap beat out of him, and she's kind of like she's kind of like in a catatonic state. <laughs> she's kind of like, you know not blinking, not saying anything, kind of looking very blank, and then all of a sudden. She she gets on her feet and just tells Gohan to, to fight, 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 and like just charges at him, and like everyone's kind of realizing how traumatic this this whole experience is, and that's shown right before Goku starts you know tells him you know to get up and try to fight Vegeta. So it's, it's sort of like both parents cheering him on, and that part I wish was in the manga. I mean, of course the manga doesn't care what these characters do, <laughs> but um, I thought that was an I thought that was an interesting change and interesting to compare. Um, and I and I, really, I I like the fight between which we'll get into between Gohan and Vegeta, and that that's all I have on there. If you have any more, bring it on. Otherwise, we can get finish this off. Uh, no, no, no. I think I'm I'm 
pretty much content with that section, so I'll jump into the rest of the synopsis if you want. Okay, but before you do that, we will be right back with one more trailer for another podcast that you ought to be listening to. Hey, this is Bane. Listen to this promo for the BatmanUniverse.net or I'll break you. The BatmanUniverse.net, your source for all things related to the Dark Knight, including the latest news related to the comics, movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and much more. Each month, an assortment of podcasts are produced, including a bi-monthly comic podcast, special commentaries and interviews, the Batman Universe specials, and a podcast which delves into TV, movie, merchandise, video game news, and beyond. Keep up to date with everything about Batman, get to know the kooky and lovable casts of the podcasts, listen to in-depth conversations about the latest direct-to-video movies, and increase your knowledge about the Dark Knight and his family, only at thebatmanuniverse.net. I'm Dustin from the BatmanUniverse.net, and I approve this message. Die! <gasps> Krillin! Don't do it! G- Goku? Whoa, why am I hearing voices, and why don't they want me to kill the Saiyan? Goku? That was you, right? Yeah, it was me. Sorry, but I still can't talk very loud. Please, Krillin, it's over, so stop. Please, just let the Saiyan go. You've got to be kidding me. Four of our friends are dead because of him, and you want to let him get in his spaceship and fly away like nothing ever happened? If we don't finish him now, he's going to lay low until he has his strength back and then come here and wipe out the rest of humanity. You're right. He probably will. He will. Piccolo may have had a change of heart, but this guy's pure evil. People like him don't change. If we let him live, he'll just keep on hurting people. And I don't want him to have that opportunity. I know. I know how strong he is and how much damage he can do. As long as he's alive, nobody on Earth is safe. But you've got to listen to me. This might sound crazy. In fact, I'm sure it does. But just now, when it looked like you were about to kill him, I couldn't help but think... It'd be such a waste. Yeah. Krillin arrives next to Goku, and Goku tells him that he is going to channel some of, or pass some of his channeled spirit bomb energy onto him in order to attack Vegeta with it. He said it's about 50% of the total energy he formed before being blasted by, or before getting attacked by Vegeta. After absorbing it, Krillin has a big, huge, looks like a spherical ball of energy in one palm and goes out on the offensive, well, goes to try to attack Vegeta. He hears King Kai's voice in his head, tells him to, uh, I guess, sense Vegeta's evil Kai. And as also Goku's kind of cheering him on, telling him he can do it. Uh, even all, through all that, he still misses. <laughs> Thanks to Kajirobe, um telling him he is an idiot and distracting him. During the well, after he throws it and Vegeta jumps, during this time, Vegeta or Goku telepathically contacts Gohan and tells him that he would he'll be able to deflect the attack and that he needs him <laughs> to aim it back at Vegeta. Basically, Gohan has time to do this and reflects it upward where Vegeta jumped, hitting him full blast. Yeah. Everybody's rejoicing. The day is had. The end, or not quite. Vegeta falls back to Earth while. Everybody's attempting to recuperate. 
But Curlin says it's okay because he's dead and walks up to him where Vegeta's eye opens. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> one eye because one eye was damaged by Goku while he was in giant ape form. Mm-hmm. All seems lost until Vegeta realizes Gohan's tail has grown back. He starts to freak out because of the artificial moon he has and tr- tries to – well, he first he grabs his tail and laments his – plan then he tries to beat up gohan as he's transforming doesn't work and yeah. gohan goes all monkey curlin mentions that gohan is now an actual even evil saiyan or the most evil he's gonna get and how he's mindless but still tries his best to convince him to attack vegeta rather than going on a rampage with some help from goku he he managed to get some reaction out of him and goku gohan actually attacks vegeta <laughs> I think he says his, the look in his eyes change, changes slightly. Rajita knows his only chance is to get his tail sliced off. After many failed attempts, dodging, weaving, and basically getting smacked around by giant monkey palms, he eventually succeeds in sl- uh, blasting his tail off. Unfortunately for Rajita, he's also underneath Gohan while this happens and gets smashed by him oh. before he transforms back into like, well, human Saiyan form. <laughs> He has a naked child lying on top of him. Admitting defeat, he calls for his ride to appear and eventually crawls back to his, or attempts to crawl back to his capsule. But before he can, Krillin grabs Yojirabe's katana and is going to go in for the kill. But Goku pleads with him to let him live, not out of sympathy, but rather because Goku wants to fight him again and wins, as he only feels... Or he deduces that he does have some saying in him, and really get, he basically gets really excited and happy when he is in fights. Krillin relents and lets go or lets Vegeta crawl into the capsule. Vegeta puts some ominous words saying he'll be back, yada yada yada, and blasts off, blasts off, leaving our Z fighters broken but victorious. <laughs> Uh, I want to say this from like uh, I forgot which one which version said this but uh, when Vegeta is like you know mugging at Krillin and smiling as the door is closing he says when I come back to this planet you're all going to suffer and when you when, when you beg for mercy I'll stare into your eyes as I crush the life out of you <laughs> yeah those are pretty brave words for somebody who has like one eye gouged out and had to like couldn't even move his body he, he says numerous times oh my body's not responding to me these characters are yeah. These characters are destroyed at the end of this. Everyone's bloody all over. Krillin's just just destroyed. Gohan's naked and bloody all over. Goku is completely paralyzed. Cannot move his body because every bone's body is crushed. And Vegeta, you know, can move his body but just barely and crawls to his spaceship. It's, this is the end of the Saiyan battle, and th- all the characters are showing for it. Yeah, I love that uh, everybody's rejoicing. They're, they're not, you know, in tip-top shape, and then Vegeta falls back and wakes back up. And it's like, holy crap. Like, and what, what, did you, what did you think about that? Like, like when he's like, he's still alive. You, you knew it was coming, but it was just like he opens one eye. Ha! Krillin's like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have lost it. I, I, I would have. <laughs> now, do Saiyans grow their tails back? naturally if they're chopped off or if they're blasted um, off it regenerates I mean they, they don't willfully do it it's not like Gohan meant for his tail to go back 
but um, it, it regenerates un- until a point where sometimes it doesn't come back. Uh, I think Goku had his tail cut off at least probably three times. I would say, yeah, most most of Dragon Ball he had it, but that, and he doesn't but have a tail. Point, or doesn't currently have a tail, Goku, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, like, like Goku's tail never comes back. I'll just say that right now. And um, I mean, I think that they regenerate every few times, but after after a certain time, they stop regenerating. Okay. So I mean, it's it's not like Vegeta could just regenerate his tail immediately or anything. Like like Piccolo, it's not like it's not exactly like that. Um, or Tien. <laughs> yeah, Tien with his many arms <laughs> that always be punched off. Um, what did you think about the uh, the Gohan and Vegeta fight? It was it was it was kind of like hatched up because he kept coming back to Goku and Krillin. But uh, what do you think about that matchup? Uh, I liked it. It was. I was surprised he was able to hold his own as long as he did, because it was kind of like, okay, you distract him, basically. <laughs> I should mention that when Vegeta did the Powerball and transformed by the by the the Blitz Wave creation he did, he did mention that you know it it, it causes his power to go down a little bit, and the the Saiyan tail also reduces some power as well, and add that towards what all Goku did for him. He, he is he is weaker than he was now. He's not in great shape, but still strong enough to kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> He, I'd, I'd say, I'd imagine he's still stronger than Nappa, who they were having problem with. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's also, I think, I think Gohan's power raises a little bit when, when Vegeta's stomping the, stomping the shit out of Goku. I, th- I think just because he's angry, that probably that probably powered him up a little bit, whether he meant meant for it or not. Yeah, for real. Uh, before we get into the end, because I really want to talk about the end, I, I think, I think in the in terms of the anime, this is the best the animation typically is. I loved. The scene where uh, we, we see the return of the Masenka, which is cool, but I also love when um, Vegeta just charges up and just shoots at Gohan with like a million energy blasts. Oh yeah, yeah, and he, like, do- and he dodges most of them. That's what I like too. He's like he's like running. He's like he runs backwards, <laughs> which is cool. It, uh, it, that, that is so cool. That is that was a, to me when I thought of Vegeta, I thought of that because he he was after all that crap he's taking, he's still that much badass. It's like it was like it was literally like a, like a machine gun kind of blast, just all this energy. Um, th- that's what made the fight good for me, like like the like the the ruthlessness of the character and like just like the desperation of it. I mean, that's pretty much what makes this entire fight just desperation and all and the, all the struggle. There are several points where it's probably not funny that I do laugh. Um, <laughs> like when when Krillin misses, it's, it's <laughs> you're like for real, seriously. It's just like. It's like it's like when he missed with the Kinenzan back when Vegeta was an ape, when when he was trying to hit behind him, like that that didn't work. It's like can this, can this guy ever hit anything? For real, poor um, Krillin. What did you think about Goku telepathically telling Gohan about the about the the energy ball back? Like, what, what did you think about that? That part about? Because I will say, it's a little hard to buy at the last second. It did seem kind of like thrown in there, like, well, how's he going to communicate? Uh, he he can just do this. But I just kind of rolled with it. Like I, I just at this point, I assumed it was more training or more had, had more to do with his maybe like maybe another Kaioken technique or something similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I suppose so. I mean, yeah, he he randomly he's randomly telepathic all of a sudden. Where Tien and Chaozu, for instance, I think they started off that way. So it's, you kind of just roll with it. At this point, Goku's never been shown to have that ability before. So that's that's kind of one thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't destroy the story for me. Oh yeah, it's just you know, it, it is, but it is kind of like you know, like like okay, what? But um, and him saying, "Oh, Gohan, you don't have any evil. You can bounce it back." I mean, it, it it's sort of like I mean, we we're, we're learning this just now. That's a little 
I I, I kind of wish we, that was like explained before because it comes out it comes out of nowhere right at the right time. Yeah, it is. It is very much a not a MacGuffin, but a kind of a plot device. Like, oh well, he'll he'll communicate here. The Deus Ex Machina. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he he could just do well, it. Like that, and he, and Krillin speaks with King Kai. That was kind of out of the blue too. Well, true, but then again, King Kai. I I didn't mind that because King Kai was was you know an otherworld god. True, true. That's. I guess they kind of happen very, or not very similar. Uh, they kind of happen close together. So to me, it was more like a okay. I, you can't take one with the other. Okay, I, I can see that definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, all the all the crap these characters can yeah. do. It's like why not? <laughs> also, I, I don't want to say I have problems with this, but like I also I also think that um. Here, for instance, okay, I'll, I'll say this. In uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai, the series, you, you can play on story mode, and the series goes from, you know, the Saiyan Saga to the end of the Cell games. And in the Saiyan Saga, on the cutscenes, Vegeta's hit with a spirit bomb, and they cut to, like, just him leaving Earth. And it made me think that, while it is awesome that he kind of, like, wakes up again and scares the, the, the bejesus out of everybody, that is such an awesome scene. <laughs> I do think that it's a little, it's a little dragged out, him just like you know like like still alive. I don't want to say still alive because I love the character, but I, I'm I'm not. What I'm saying is I'm not so sure that like the whole Gohan transforming thing needed to be Was in necessary. the story. Yeah, essentially. To me, it 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 puts uh, him more on a like you were well, like you were saying at that point it's. Hmm. I'm trying to say again, it makes him look more like a protagonist because he's he's the underdog by that point. You know, yes, he's he the is. weaker <laughs> one, and you know, you're you're kind of wanting him. Okay, he's he's got to you know get rid of the giant monster, and yeah. So it, I don't know. It's kind of weird because yeah, by that point you want to like I said, I, I wasn't rooting for him, but it's like ah, how about you? How are you gonna do this? You know, how is he gonna get out of this one? Yeah, that that, that isn't what I was saying. Like you know, how how is Vegeta? Okay, what what else can Vegeta do? You know, he's really he's really out of options, and he's out of energy, and it shows. Even when he tried to kill everybody with his big attack, um, he just he he just wasn't strong enough to like, you know create create energy enough to blow them all away. Um, so you see, like he de- he's definitely weakened. I su- I suppose it's because maybe it is because you know it was only half of a spirit bomb, but the spirit bomb should have dealed him in. Um, I mean, he he's he's clearly in- ungodly strong to survive all this crap. I mean. The Gohan thing probably should have killed him yeah. too, but um, what are, what are you gonna do? I mean, I don't know. It's but then you know all these other all these other characters survive all this crap. It's it's, I just it's just probably for me, I forget that Gohan transforms at the end. It's it's sort of like after the whole spirit bomb thing, my mind kind of just cuts. Although yeah, the Gohan thing isn't there. It is. It is fun to see Vegeta. Like, like it was fun to see Goku go up against a great ape. It's fun to see the tables turn on Vegeta. It's, it's almost like poetic justice. Yeah. Um, and actually, actually, I think there's sort of like a similar theme with when Gohan landing on Vegeta is kind of the. I don't want to say a callback, but it 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 does harken back to Vegeta jumping onto Goku's legs. So it's kind of a connection there. I'm not saying I don't I don't think that was intentional, but it's sort of like reminiscent violence there. There was also that scene with uh, Yajirobe trying to attack Vegeta and failing. <laughs> yeah, he, well, she, that is that's Yajirobe's interesting because on one hand he's such a cowardly douche, mm-hmm. but on the other hand he he actually does come through when need like you know he, or he tries to come through at at certain points. 
So it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, when it's at when you know when all else fails, he will try to do something. But like ninety five percent of the time, he, he like you know like when Vegeta got up, he says, "Oh hey no, let me in your group. I, I could be pretty good, right?" And he just like dimes out everybody else immediately. Yeah. Just get. But it's funny that Vegeta, Vegeta seems to be sick of him and just beats the crap out of him. Uh, I actually found that really funny where he just like he just just punched him and like screw this guy. <laughs> and then I think he says, "We got him right," and he's, he's like toppled over. <laughs> yeah, his, his ass in the air. I, I will say, I love the image of Gohan, like, lying on the ground, like, in mid-transformation. Like, his shirt's ripping open, and, like, he's just, he's, he's, his face is full-on monkey, but, like, his body's still transforming. He's like, he's like, Rawr! And Vegeta just tries to kill him by, like, punching him. It doesn't work. That was a really awesome image. Yeah, I mean, in the original anime, he goes, he goes his fight with with. Great Ape Gohan goes on a little bit longer. I suppose it is, you know, it is to show that he's half human because he listened to Krillin and Goku when they say, hey, kill him, not us. We're your friends, right? And Gohan's like, yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> so he goes, after Go- he goes after Vegeta, like uh, Donkey Kong style with, with a big boulder. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's awful, but I, I suppose at that point you're really exhausted of the whole fight. I mean, maybe I am. It is just me. Yeah, I like I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think it's bad, but it is just kind of extra filler, or not filler, but it's just it's just more tacked on. And to get the point through, you you really don't need it there, you know. Yeah, it's, it's Vegeta yeah, it's, could it's have like, just as know. easily landed back on the ground, woken up, like stood up, been menacing, and then you know crashed back down from having no energy and called his capsule, and you would have had the exact same effect, pretty much. Right. I will say, episode, you know, like the yeah, injuries, had the same effect. The injuries. He, the injuries he the, the he receives in this fight do play a big part in the, in the next arc. So I, I suppose it, it, it does connect towards that. But but from a storytelling point, you could still have him, you know, be all crippled after the spirit bomb. I, I think. I mean, again, it, it's, this is not like something I, w- I will argue for, but like it is something that does come to mind whenever I reach this part. Whenever I'm going over the series again. Now, okay. What did you think about the ending? How how he how Vegeta got away essentially. I mean, I didn't like it, but it struck true through the character. Because <laughs> this is the same guy who, when Raditz said, yeah, I'll be good, I won't hurt anybody, okay. It lets you know that while Goku's grown as a character, and maybe even the fact that he has grown or, and knows more about him is not necessarily a good thing, because he even says, you know, I guess I am a Saiyan, I do, you know, thrive on battle, basically. Right. And he lets, who, there, there are no reasons why he should let Vegeta go. Or no valid. He even says there's no valid reasons. And Krillin says yeah. uh, later on, he says that Vegeta escaped. He doesn't say that you know, oh, Goku let him go. Yeah, I think I think I think Bulma would probably strangle him if if you, if you knew that that Jamcha's dead forever and Vegeta won't pay for it because Goku wanted to fight him again. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm conflicted because in the ocean, actually, in most of the dubs, that's not Kai or the original version. Goku basically lets him go because, uh, well, here I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you this: at the end of Dragon Ball, when Goku defeats Piccolo, um, and the two characters are pretty much in a manner not unlike this, where they're both ragged out and can't move, and Goku's given a Senzu Bean, and he could easily kill Piccolo at that point, but he doesn't because a he knows that if he kills Piccolo, he kills Kami, and the Dragon Balls will go away. Uh, at that point, nobody nobody knows that, but Goku figures it out. But B, he doesn't. He wants to fight Piccolo again. Now later on, 
there's there's the the subplot of Piccolo not being as evil as his original incarnation. We can argue whether Akira Torama originally had that in mind or not. Although there's an interview where he says that at the time uh, uh, when he created the character, he didn't think that Piccolo was going to be an alien. But when he came up with the character of Kami, he had he did have the whole alien thing figured out. I actually read that a few nights ago. Hmm. Um, but essentially, Goku did have Goku had legitimate reasons for for letting Piccolo live. He 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 didn't want to fight him again. He didn't think he was as bad as his predecessor, which which isn't a reveal of the time. And he he didn't want to kill Kami. Here and and in the original, uh, or not that's the original, but like in the Ocean and Funimation dubs, he basically lets Vegeta go because uh, he wants to show that like you know Earthlings. And, say, and even Saiyans can, can be better than the kind of person he is. And because Piccolo was an example of, of, of what somebody can do when given a second chance, he basically gives it to Vegeta. In the original version, and, and, it, you know, and Kai translates the original version, he pretty much acknowledges that you know, even though Vegeta was responsible for the death of their friends, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a scumbag who will kill people again, he basically wants to let him live so he can fight him again. Yeah, and um, doesn't Krillin even mention... Yeah. Yeah, Krillin, Krillin says right off the top. Like, or like, does he uh, mention Piccolo? I don't know. He's like, this guy isn't like Piccolo. Yeah, that surprised me because when, when I when I re- when I read the manga uh, later after watching the anime, yeah, Krillin says right off the bat, like, I don't have to remind you that this guy killed our friends. He isn't like Piccolo. He's not going to change. And Goku says, yeah, he probably won't. Interesting. Interesting it's, foreshadowing. <laughs> it's really. I find it really hard to make those make Goku look sympathetic. By having that sort of conf- that, having that sort of conf- uh, conversation in the story, um, I'm not saying that like it's not uh, it, it it makes him interesting, but it makes him flawed. It makes him seriously flawed, and he admits it. It's but yeah, it's definitely like that's it's not it wasn't the right choice to do, and especially for your main hero to make such a glaring error or not error, you know, have have such a fault. It's yeah. It's, it, I mean, if I were writing this, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a very interesting choice drama. to make for for your main character. Well, you could have easily had it say, you know, look at Piccolo; he changed shit. I mean, I think that the dub, the first dub versions, had it right in that you know there was precedence for letting the bad guy live with other situations. When you're when you're calling that into question right off the bat and saying, yeah, you're right, he's not like the other char- he's not like the other bad guys who turn good, but I want to let him live because I want to fight him again because I'm a Saiyan. That's not a good. That's not. That's not really a good reason. I mean, okay, every, every, obviously that's not, that's not a good reason. But it's hard for me to like say, well, that's why he let, he let him go because like it's it's such a stupid reason that it's hard for me to to reconcile the fact that like that's why Vegeta gets away. Now, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Vegeta is an awesome character, and I'm I'm glad that he got away, and he will continue to get awesome as the series goes on. He is one of the best uh, characters in the series, but. From a char- from a character perspective, it's hard for me to see Goku argue that point to Krillin, and also for Krillin to really listen to him because Krillin is really itching to kill this guy. Yeah, exactly. And do you think it's a do you think it's a error on the character's part on Goku's? Because I think it, I think it's it does show a fault on the character, which is interesting and go- is good character development. Or do you think it's an error in the storytelling, like a choice you would not make? Um. Actually, well, before I answer that, what, what do you? I think, think I mean, as a storytelling cho- choice, I don't mind it because obviously a villain like this, a, a good villain, you'll want to continue on, and it's it's hard to 
make him a viable threat, and also let him get away every time. And it's also hard to let him get away and not undermine you know his villainry or or the hero's ability to get rid of him. But I also, on the other hand, I also like that they that that Goku is a made the bad choice and b acknowledges his fault in making or you know the basically non logic in doing that. I don't think it's I I, I mean I, I kind of like it to the extent that it's something you don't see often. Like basically, like characters even say, you know, saying, "I'm going to let this guy go for very selfish reasons." Reasons, and this is probably going to come back to bite me in the ass. So you like it that it, he is basically let go for such a bad reason that because because of how bad that makes the characters look, you you appreciate. Yeah, like I don't like that Goku does it. It's like, dude, really? No, you should. He shouldn't have done that move. Like, but I do like that they were willing to take that or to kind of take that risk and do that to the character. Okay, I can see that. Like it, you like that that they have the. At has 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 the guts to essentially have those put those characters in that light. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, um, like if you know, like talk if you know, if, if if you the choice he made was was completely dumb, but it was and it was selfish too. I mean, he, he even admits it's selfish. Like, he says, I remember him just saying, like you know, once he got on in power up in front of Nappa Majita, he says there'll be no mercy for you, and that's no, it's not only just mercy; it's like you know, preference. Um. And at that point, he doesn't know whether the others can be revived or not. Yeah, he has. I mean, he, he assumes they can't. Yeah, he he thinks that they can't. Like, he, he, like when Krillin says, "Don't mess, don't fight here, because you don't want to have our, our our friends' bodies mangled when they come back to life." Krillin's like, uh, Goku's like, uh, "Krillin Piccolo's dead." Kami said too, "The Dragon Balls are gone. No one is coming back to life." And then, like you know, Krillin's like, "Well, I'll explain, explain later." He's like, "Okay," but that doesn't come into. That's not shown to be in his mind. At the time, he's saying he's telling Krillin not to kill. Yeah, Vegeta. it's very interesting that uh, it goes back kind of with when Krillin more or less had to make the plans before the final fight with Vegeta, telling him, "Hey, go over here." Krillin, Krillin yeah, yeah, is that's really true. more of the well. He, he, he at that time he was obviously a little showing a little more intelligence than, or I guess a little more consciousness of the situation than than Goku was, but he's also showing the moral high ground here. I mean, not yeah, or not the moral high ground, but the. I see what you're saying. He he, he long-term knows that thinking. They're, they're, like, okay, they're, if I get rid of this guy now, right. Like, if I just if I just use this katana on him and get rid of him right now, it's it, it'll save lives. It'll save us trouble on the downward. It'll also re- avenge our friends, as opposed to you know Goku. And he's not even trying to do it to, for altruistic reasons. Like, no, I don't want to kill anybody. He's saying, yeah, I want to fight yeah. him again. Yeah. Well, yeah, Goku. Uh, it's and okay. In fairness, it doesn't it doesn't come out of nowhere. Like he does say at the beginning of the Vegeta fight, um, you know, this it's looking pretty bad, but I'm excited for some reason. And um, when in Dragon Ball, he always loved a challenge. Like for instance, when he was fighting Piccolo, or when he was fighting Piccolo or King Piccolo, or when he was taking on Tien at the tournament, he would always be excited. But like when things were looking bad, he wouldn't he wouldn't say that. But with Vegeta, it was really made. They made it a point to show Goku really relishing the. The, the 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 big challenge is you know basically like it's like in video games you know you fight a serious boss boss who you can't beat but you love you want you love trying to find out how to beat him and he says you know like um i i trained uh in other world as best as i possibly could and Vegeta was still tougher than me that's excellent i want i want to try to get better than him it, you see that he is earnest it's not so much oh i want to fight him again derp, derp, derp. he he does want he does really explained his feelings but that's 
still flies in the face of the fact that Vegeta was responsible for the murder of his friends. Which is like... It's, it's a very conflicting ending for me. Not so much that I don't... That, you know, that like, whether I like it or... But like, it conf- it's... Well, actually... Yeah, it's, it's conflicting in several, in several respects. But I like what you said, that Krillin does have some knowledge that there is a chance his friends can be revived. Which is why he drops it. Because he was... I, I like a lot that Krillin was the guy who nearly did Vegeta in. I like that it wasn't Yajirobe. Um, because it just shows Krillin, like, you know, he was there at the beginning, you know, he was there fighting against Pic- with Piccolo, against Nap and everything, and he would see through it to the end to help, to avenge his friends. I like that they use his character in that way. And for a while, I was just saying, you know, Krillin, you've, you've seen all the horror. Goku has, Goku wasn't there when they died. You've seen this. Why are you list, basically buckling to Goku's whims, essentially? But I like how you said that, you know, maybe he just knows there's a chance for them to be revived later on. Because that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Interesting Interesting way to end it for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, even the abridged version has it where like it's just Goku saying, Vegeta, are you sorry? And then Vegeta says, are you kidding me? Hmm. Um, but So, the, yeah, the original version, very, very, very interesting. And, and this uh, comes up again later on down the line. Um and it'll be interesting to compare these the situations again. And, and yeah, this, this this isn't you know this isn't one of those things that gets forgotten about. This does come back later on and have certain repercussions. So it'll be interesting to, to compare and contrast. But uh, at the moment, for the first time, if I were watching this, I'd be like, "What is like that was that ending was horrible." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know what, what comes out later is important to it. So uh, I, I've, I've been I've been gapping a lot. If you have anything else to add to it. No, I've been listening. I uh, didn't expect that much discussion on the actual ending there. I mean, because it's, it's only like a couple throwaway lines uh, at the very end of the episode. But it, I think it does have a lot of impact. Or it seems like it'll have a lot of impact. Yeah. Also, speaking of impact, Kai says, once Vegeta's clearly beaten, he says, uh, I shouldn't play favorites, but I was happy Vegeta lost. <laughs> uh, but he's, he does say something that's very, very foreboding. He says, you know, it's a shame, though, uh, one saying down won't destroy the roots of evil. No, not the roots. And then you cut back to Krillin one and kill him. Which, I hesitate to say exactly what that would lead to. Well, what, 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 like, right off the bat, like, what, what in your head, what, what do you think he means by that? I have, I have no idea. I, I just assumed he had some future knowledge of maybe who, because I have no idea who, who they, what the next saga even is. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I will say, I will say, King Kai can't tell the future, but... It is. It is. It's one of the more. It's one of the most abstract things of connecting this fight to like a fight that that happens down the line. But um, it's, it, it is certainly interesting. Is it's it one much farther down the line, or is it like the next? It's. It is the next one, but it is. It is a long time in our coverage because uh, the next saga is longer than Saiyan Saga. Actually, the Saiyan Saga. This is. This is our fourth episode. This is. This is the shortest saga in Dragon Ball Z uh, compared to like the other villains they fight. Hmm. It's possible that we might even go like like almost a, to a whole year covering a saga. Oh wow! As opposed to four months, uh, it just depends on our coverage. We we might we might not. Um, but yeah, no, it, it it does connect towards the the next part, but like in an abstract way, and not not something that's that's readily noticeable. In fact, I really had to think about it just to see like what 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 is he talking about? But uh, yeah, it it is an interesting line, and again, it calls back into how much was this planned or not planned ahead of time. 
or maybe Akira Toriyama wanted to do later on down the line. But uh, the story again, this the, again the storytelling is very particular in this in in this part of the show. Yeah, and I I mean I'm I'm a big fan of uh, not necessarily fly by your seat storytelling, but kind of don't become so enslaved to an idea or a outline. Because right. you know, like a lot of a lot of storytelling, like you have these movies coming out where you, you have a first movie and there's already a series of set, six set like in stone like no because then you're not able to focus on writing the episodes or the issues or whatever you're writing then and you're just basically padding time until you get to what you really want to tell so i think it, it to me i'd assume he, he probably had an idea of certain things but there's so much detail going on to what what's happening at at any set given time that i think he's kind of yeah going by you know Episode by episode, more or less, or issue by issue. Yeah, chapter by chapter. Um, I will say though that, like, out of all the sagas, though, and I can, I can say this without you know saying the Saiyan saga, uh, spe- pretty much the Saiyan saga. I don't want to say it's all lead up because because it wasn't. You know, it, it, I, I can say with, without hesitation that this was this was done. You know, at the time. This wasn't. This wasn't. You know. This wasn't like a. I don't know. Sinestro Core War leading into Blackest Night or anything like that. But this does. Out of all the sagas, this this does connect immediately into the next one. Um, so it built a lot a of foundation, that, basically. Yeah, it, it gave it gave him a lot to work with. Not so much that you know he was thinking of the next one while making this one, but he had he had things kind of come back and resonate. So they're sort of like a. They, they they're very much like a one and two. Although you can easily watch the Saiyan Saga and separate from everything else and and have a sense of enjoyment without feeling, without feeling that that um you need to see the next part, although that might change. I mean, but um essentially what I'm saying is you know like this this does have a connection to the next one without it feeling like like the next one was made specifically so this could build up to it. If that makes any sense. I don't yeah, know, yeah. They they do a good job of foreshadowing and and kind of connecting without making one story enslaved to the other. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not build up. It just leads into it. It's, it's like yeah, which I think step, is how how stories step. should flow. They should they should stand on their own. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's pretty much it. That's definitely the end of the Saiyan saga. Um, and so, because it's the end of the Saiyan saga, uh, Jesse, just just you know, we want to go you know mega deep into this. But what were you thinking overall about the first? major story arc in Dragon Ball Z. You know, I was trying to go over it, think of like my, my favorite moments, my least favorite moments. Uh, you know, overall, it it did kind of set the precedent for where the series is going to go, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, just actually sitting, coming, you know, going back and watching the show from the start, which I'd never seen before, never seen, you know, seen the episode this early. Uh, it, it, I was surprised by a lot of it. I was surprised by how good it was. Like the comedy in it, particularly the fight scenes. Okay. I guess you know they they've became so used to being. I've gotten so used to seeing you know the long drawn out fight scenes that these were they're so well done. Yeah, and I'm looking. I'm definitely yeah, looking yeah. forward to you know watching the rest or you know seeing where the series goes from here because you know like a lot of the foundation has been set. It's kind of like oh well, yeah, the first saga, first arc's over, and it's yeah, it's all like. I'm I'm just really excited for it. Kind of, like, you're all introduced to the characters. You kind of know what they can do now, mm-hmm. and you have and you have a yeah. lingering villain. You have Vegeta out there now. He he, you know, he's out there. You don't know when he's going to come back, so you have a, a, a legitimate threat. Vegeta, Vegeta, Vegeta ain't going nowhere. He is he is forever now. Like like 
a part of Dragon Ball Z. Um, out of curiosity, where did you? Where, I know you said you've seen some things before, like the Ginyu Force. Like, where do you? Where do you remember seeing for the first time? Like, do you remember when you started? I don't. I don't say when, but like, what was the first thing you saw? Um, probably the first. The actual first stuff I remember seeing is the Ginyu Force, and I mean, when I saw this, I was maybe twelve, thirteen, and even when I was watching okay. it, I wasn't like invested in it. Made sure to have to see every episode. It's kind of. It's, it's just kind of whatever I caught. Right. And I've seen some of those. I've seen a very few of the Cell episodes, and a couple of the Android episodes, and I like one, like literally one of the Boo episodes. I probably can't tell you what happens in any of those. Like, okay. Yeah, like I, I remember okay. they they go to like Planet Namek, and I remember Goku training in, um, I think Zero Gravity, or I'm sorry, uh, more G's. But uh, other than that, like yeah. I, I literally can't think of anything. And then I know I know stuff other stuff from. You know, pop culture, video games, and such. You know, fusing Super Saiyan, yada yada yada. But I don't like know a lot of story specifics, and I I, I, I like keeping it that way. Excellent. That, 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 like I could tell you, really like well, I don't I even think... know if you know all the characters coming back or any of them are coming back to life. And I'm, I won't say whether they do or not. Um, although I will say that um, again, I, everything that happens here heavily resonates in the next one. I will say, I won't say exactly how, but it does. Um, and now that we're pretty much well into Dragon Ball Z, we can, we move we're moving away from me explaining some stuff from Dragon Ball, like you know, like, like you know, oh, this is Bulma, she does this or whatever. Like that's we're 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 in the part now where like it's a lot a lot more like where as the story goes on, we're introduced to more things, um, and that will be for a while until the Android Saga, which is a little while away. So does the Android um, Saga have more callbacks to Dragon Ball? Um, it it is it is um. Specifically, it is specifically connected to uh, a saga in Dragon Ball, and I, I don't want to necessarily say you need to you need to have seen it to to, to watch it, but the villain is a a, a villain that Goku went oh, up against okay. in Dragon Ball, which when I first saw it, I, it was really interesting. But like essentially, um, uh, like like it like 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 um in between the first and second tournaments. Uh, Goku went. Goku went up against these villains, and um, they are responsible uh, in some way for what happens in the Android Saga uh, in DBZ. So it's like a it's like a humongous. So you, so you don't have to see like, it, it's but pretty, it helps. No, I mean they explain everything. I mean they 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 explain everything, but like essentially, I would I would compare it to like kind of the, the Clone Saga, and, and just, again Spider Man reference, but. Uh, in the seventies, there was a story where Spider Man was cloned, and like you know, they come back to that in the nineties. It's a oh, lot like okay, that. Cool. Definitely look forward to seeing them then. Right. And um, I may watch it and then watch, you know, the dra- actual ep- Dragon Ball episodes to to kind of get, you know, get the the backstory, kind of reverse, <laughs> reverse order. So. I will say that, like, uh, uh, what what connects the Android saga to, to whatever in Dragon Ball is, like, the longest story arc in Dragon Ball. And in terms of tone and characters, it's completely different. But feel, feel free to go right ahead because it, it would be an interesting uh, watching viewing experience. Uh, for, for me, uh, to keep a little, you know, kind of coming to a close here, it was interesting to it was interesting to see how different the Saiyan Saga was from the rest of the series. Because a lot of the series I have in my mind, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I've seen all of this before. I won't say well, I'm familiar with it, but like watching it from an analytical point of view. It really is a lot more low key than it is down the line, and I really like that. Again, the, the Goku and Vegeta fight 
speaks for itself and how how so well well made it is um, in manga and anime form. But like, it is very very it's, it's a lot more realistic, I think, in the sense that when you're in a fight, you don't know what's going to happen, and that becomes I don't, I don't, I don't want to say you know those good parts go away. But it specifically becomes different in, down the line in the series. But here, it's like uh, all of this was in a, is basically in one day, and it was like like, like one of the worst yeah. days of these characters' lives. And it was very, very. It was all like twenty four. Now that I think about it, <laughs> but um, it was from what, yeah. What really just stuck out to me was like just the whole dire nature of it. Uh, there was it was very, very unrelenting, very unsup- un- uncompromising, do or die, and um, it was pretty much like. What happened if you just put the worst thing ever on these characters' lives, and how would they deal with it? And that's definitely what makes compelling story storylines, compelling drama. And um, I have, I there are parts of the series I like better, uh, sagas I like better, but uh, this probably ranks up there in terms of objective quality as one of the best, I would say. Which is interesting because it is the beginning. How can this be? I don't understand! I'm a super elite! That does it! That's it! This planet is history! Hear me, Kakarot? You're finished! Uh-oh. This isn't good. I still haven't recovered from the last attack. I don't need this stinking planet! I'll just use my Gallic gun and blow the whole thing up! <laughs> this next attack if you can but even if I miss you this whole planet's going up in smoke that's not fair (laughs) say goodbye to your planet Kakarot great what now I'm not ready I don't have a choice! It's now or never! Triple KO can attack!
And I think that pretty much wraps it up. <laughs> another another two and a half hour show, but uh, from what I heard, people like that. So I hope you guys have enjoyed our coverage of the Saiyan Saga. How will the Z Fighters? Uh, how how will the events of the Saiyan Saga reflect, and uh, how will they deal with the repercussions in the aftermath? Who knows? <laughs> we won't, because the next time you'll hear us, we will be going over um, not the next part in the Dragon Ball Z series, but uh, some of the outliers in the Dragon Ball Z canon. Uh, next episode, Jesse and I are going to go over the first two Dragon Ball Z movies. <laughs> Surprise! This is something that you'll probably hear in very soon after this episode is released. Uh, after each saga is done, we'll be hitting up, uh, or maybe not even that, but like every once in a while, we'll be hitting up some movies that have themes pertaining to specific points in the series. And um, the first two movies certainly do. Dead Zone and The World's Strongest. So... Um, those will be covered. They'll probably, they'll most likely be a much shorter episode than the typical series covering episodes. But uh, be on the lookout for that. Per movie, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the movies I think are like maybe. We'll do a running now, commentary. We'll, like, have set... That would be interesting, <laughs> especially especially your reaction. Wait, wait, what's going on? Huh? Did he just do that? <laughs> Another noseless character? What? <laughs> <laughs> so um. Any final, but until we, until we get to then, so check, be on the lookout for that uh, in uh, in the coming weeks. But um, until then, Jesse, any final thoughts you would like to leave? Groom your widow's peak. <laughs> uh, keep on never getting a haircut, Vegeta. We love you the way you are. You guys take care. We'll see you back in, in a week or so, maybe even less. Who knows? But we'll see you soon with the uh, Jesse and I's coverage of Dead Zone and the World's Strongest, the first two Dragon Ball Z movies. And then next month, we'll get right into it with the next arc. So until then, adios. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at www.dbznextdimension.lipson.com. That's www.dbznextdimension.lipson.com. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama.